Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. To kill the enemy, she would have to capture his heart and podcast her own. What what's what are you replacing? Break? I don't know. That's a, okay. Yeah, I mean that sums it up. I got another one. Here's the here's the other tagline from the real poster from the Academy Award winning <laughs> director of Podback Broadcast. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. that's good. Yeah, have we started? Bro- yeah, we've started. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're, talk, you're talking. You're the earliest who have ever now, jumped in. Very good being job. Yeah. Very yeah. early. I mean, Absolutely. I haven't been keeping tradition. Track. Yeah. Yes, thank you. A true blanky knows when to jump in, mm-hmm. and it's ASAP. <laughs> Uh, I think we've been saying the as name of this miniseries. Thank yes. you. <clears throat> yes, right. Uh, like I don't even remember what the name of this miniseries is. We've been getting it wrong because we established, we picked a name, and then we told uh, the great uh, Pat Reynolds to do the artwork. Yeah. And then I forgot what the name was, and I said the opposite thing of the artwork he had made. I th- I think it's officially Pod Back Mountcast. That is what it officially is. But yes. I think I've been saying Broke Pod Mountcast right. almost every episode. Right. We, we have. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, I it's mean, silly that well, we do this. All of this? No. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but especially. Yeah. Especially name these. Get, find these absurd names for our miniseries. I, I did see on the Wikipedia entry, people were saying, it is yet to be seen if they will correct the name of the miniseries in later Fans episodes. are on it, <laughs> as on, always. On the yeah. Blankopedia. Blankopedia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to have a blank check wiki entry now. That's pretty I'm exciting. Pretty excited about that. I mean, you have a real wiki entry, but you could get a blank check one. Uh, I've got, well, I'll be very proud of that. Sure. I think I've got a Wookiepedia one. Ooh, you do. That's big. I think so. that we have to look up because we do have I? spent Actually, a lot of time I've, on Wikipedia. Yeah, of course you do. I'm not Wookiepedia. You're an American screenwriter, director, producer, and actor, hey. according to Wikipedia. Actor, sure. Hey, you were in some movies. Yeah, I was in a couple. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got some works of note American Pie, About a Boy, Golden Compass. I'm introducing our guests, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Twilight Saga, New Moon, Cinderella, uh, Linked. Uh, one citation, your IMDb profile. But there you go. You're on Wikipedia. I'm Congratulations. There. No picture, though. You could add one. Hey. See, the thing I like about the, the blank check wiki, the, the fans, the listeners who fill them out, it's not just like regurgitating the info available somewhere else in the no, internet. There's, right. there's some flavor. Yeah. There's some flavor, yeah. and they write specific yeah. to your relationship to the show <laughs> sure, right. and the things you've established within the episode. And also, uh, Richard Lawson asked to be, like, for there to be a, you know, Paragraph break. Richard Lawson is openly gay. Period. Paragraph. Break. You know. You know how like a, a Wikipedia entry will yes. have that sort of dramatic announcement in the middle of like personal life or whatever. Yes. So he, uh, he yeah. donated thirty thousand dollars to the John Kerry presidential. <laughs> See, I want a Wikipedia entry, and then I want like one of those like little announcements at top with like an X wing where it's like this page is under construction or whatever. You know where there's like the page is bad, and they have to have a little like picture of like Yoda being like, oh, or page is like, bad. Editor wars. Yeah. Right. Oh yes. Over. Yeah. A lot of controversy. Oh, which ad ad it was, it was destroyed <laughs> in the battle of something or other. I should know these things. So you, you should so know you, these things. You wrote an ad ad battle. Uh, Chris White is our guest today. Chris White's. Uh, oh. You wrote uh, Rogue One. I am one of the writers on Rogue yeah. One. Yes. You were yeah. screenwriter on Rogue One. How? Credit. Ten, ten, ten. A Star Wars story. Yeah. 
how, how deeply did you have to go into like Star Wars studying for that? I was already pretty deep. Yeah. But here, here's my attitude. I'm like an orthodox uh, Star Wars fan. <laughs> okay. Just like all that matters to me are the, are, is the first trilogy. Mm-hmm. Sure. By which I mean, the of Phantom course, Menace Phantom Menace trilogy. trilogy. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course. yeah, because the yeah. other things just happen later. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. What I care about is the young Anakin Skywalker and yes. his fall from grace. Right. Um, and those the, later movies, I heard they're not even finished yet. Uh, I heard no, he's still and, working and, on And you know what? They just blow up another Death Star. <laughs> it's repetitive. <laughs> They blow, they blow up two more Death Stars. We already so had Starkiller Base. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm going backwards in time somehow. My you have mind. your own order. You go seven, yeah, eight, nine. Yeah. One, two, one, three. One, two, three. I've got a reverse machete. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I thought it was going to be a kind of a nightmare of, of having to become the, the ultimate fanboy. But you felt but like that stuff was mostly at your fingertips. I felt like what I really wanted was mostly at my fingertips. And then there was Pablo Hidalgo, right. the mm-hmm. famous, who was yeah. who was there. Uh, if I had questions, for instance, I had some important questions about kyber crystals. Sure, I forget what they were now, <laughs> but um, they're the things in the lightsabers. They're right? the things I mean, in the lightsabers. What they are? Right. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, you know, no, I, I don't are. want people coming after me, I'm man. Sorry, I'm people sorry. are gonna like this. Gonna did you introduce Wills? Were you the one? I, Rogue One yes. has Wills talk, and yes. I was like, that's the original yeah. George Lucas napkin scribbling that he like presents to Alan Ladd. Now that's like okay, <laughs> <I'm> sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, you know. uh, I did, I did. Yeah, that was that was me because I wanted to go deep. Right. I wanted it to be the sort of ultimate fan movie in in, mm-hmm. in in as much as everybody who's working on it I think was was a, a deep deep fan from from back in the day uh so yeah that that kind of stuff was was important to me to get in and I killed everybody you that did. is the that that is my was that your big was there a moment there so there was a time when they were like well maybe we'll keep them around and they can there, have w- there a was one t- too yeah there was a time when it, it seemed as though nobody believed that Disney was going to let the heroes die. Sure. Right. Uh, and I remember being in the meeting uh, with Alan Horn in which he said, well, I guess, I mean, I guess because of the thing, they've got to die. Right. And I, I didn't want to like fist pump right. at that you point. You like punch the air. But yeah. I, it was an internal fist pump. Yeah. He gave you the permission and then you ran off and you yeah. killed them all. I destroyed them. Wow. Yeah. That's one of the best things about Rogue One is you get to do all these wonderful dramatic deaths. I mean, it's I'd like, like it's, I think it's justified by the yeah, by the situation. Yeah. No, yeah. right. It would be weird if it was just like Final Destination and they had like increasingly comical, like <laughs> they drop a space toaster <laughs> in the space bath or what? Lightsaber accident. <laughs> that would be interesting to see someone one of them looking down the Anytime the you see someone use a lightsaber. Exactly. You're like, how does no one like cut someone's arm off by mistake? Those things are dangerous. Yeah. I, I do want to see, you know, now that there's this question of like what the Star Wars stories are going to be, if they're even going to continue within the franchise. Mm. I want, like, instead of, like, oh, let's do, like, sort of side cool, you know, prequel mm-hmm. stuff, I want them to just go, like, just pick a movie and remake it in the Star Wars universe and be like, it's Final <laughs> Destination great. in Star Wars. Sure. <laughs> right, right, right. You, it's you. while you were sleeping in Star Wars. Oh. You know, you just Ooh. pick a good movie you I like. like that. And you just go pick a couple. You, you eat, open on Dex's diner. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Right, you do Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore with Dex. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh. You know, like you pick a, a film Dex, you love Dex and you go to Pablo Street. Hidalgo and he'll pick the species, he'll pick the ships that match up with the film. Like she's like a, a lonely ticket taker on the Coruscant monorail. Right, exactly. He's going, oh, uh, okay, Coruscant, <laughs> and he would be a uh, yeah. uh, Poggle the Lesser. Let's put him in there. <laughs> yeah, of course. They you gotta give get you Poggle your the Lesser in there. Yeah. Oh, man. Do we ever meet Poggle the Greater? Or is that it? It's just Poggle the Lesser. Yeah, we. I think, I mean, my, my thought was always, is it, um, 
is he not named? Is it not like, oh, he's Poggle Jr.? Is it that he has to work up to becoming Poggle the Greater? Is it Gandalf oh, the Grey, like Gandalf the right. White? He doesn't have a twin type situation. Yeah. <laughs> he's also an Archduke, according to Wikipedia. He's a good guy. Yeah? You think he's good? Poggle the Lesser? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't he like enslaved people? No. <laughs> like stage gladiatorial you know, combat he didn't or whatever? Mean it, though. He didn't. Okay, fair yeah. enough. I mean, it's the time and place kind of thing. He's, he's the right, right, right. We have to respect the culture of his planet, the gladiatorial. Yeah, we can't erase history. Okay, we can't say he <laughs> was important. Poggle. Yeah, right. He, he's the clicking sound bug. bug yeah, man, he's right? the clicking dude right. who's got kind of like a tendril beard. Right, he's got yeah. a walking stick. He's got a walking stick. He's a Geonosin. Uh, and and he was part of the Confederacy. Right? Yeah, he's part yeah. of the the whatever the Space Confederacy. The, yeah. Right, the yeah. the bad people, separatists, whatever they're called. That, that was I don't know if you don't want to talk about this. Oh what? But you, had, what you had your tweet before Rogue One came out. Oh, God. Oh, I think this, I wrote a this take was, about that. This was like that. a nightmare for you, right? <sighs> well, it was a nightmare for me. Apparently, it was a nightmare for parents everywhere who suddenly uh, uh, were, were really upset that, yeah. that, in theory, I said that they were Nazis but I, because they bought star, Stormtrooper toys. I didn't know that what <laughs> that I had the, said. The, First of all, it was yeah. a joke. And right. like like many jokes that one regrets on, on Twitter, not a very good one. Yeah. I remember it being fine. Look, I wrote a take about it. Look, a deleted tweet won't wow. hurt Rogue One. Oh, oh yes. Okay, I've read that. I think that in, my, in, my, in the depths Same. of my depression yeah, over yeah. that whole thing, I, I read that. But yeah. here's the thing. I actually hadn't even meant to say white supremacist i think i'd meant to say human supremacist i think you I did say up. human in parentheses maybe yeah i yeah. should have just said human. you said right, they are white supremacist human funny. organization right yeah <sighs> but you know you, what get out of this podcast how dare you sully the good name of stormtroopers <laughs> hey, look on this podcast people never say things they regret <laughs> uh-huh. least of all me uh-huh. um, people never that, read essays that was, they a, regret. that was a lesson in twitter i gotta say sure I and that was it. the last time a film director tweeted something that got them in trouble with disney <laughs> Well, it's good that, that people learn from that. Time. Everyone <laughs> learned from that. Yeah. Um, no, but my my question is: Are are you implying that their biggest concern was parents don't like thinking that the stormtrooper action figures are Nazis? Well, I got to say, actually, first of all, both Lucasfilm and Disney were not too incredibly fussed about it. That was a Of course, they were fussed about it. Of course, they do care what parents think and what fans think, but they weren't. Uh, they they didn't like smash me with a giant sure. mallet. Uh, but they were I think like, they, hey, Chris. Walt's um. favorite mallet remained <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> here's here's why I actually have regrets about that, not mm-hmm. just in terms of sending a stupid tweet, but just generally speaking, is like like yeah, it upset some some parents, and you know, I, you can't always expect people to take things in the spirit in which they were intended. Sure, a and b. Uh, let me see. It kind of like. The, the, conceivably, I mean, the movie did really well, thank goodness, for, as far as that tweet is concerned. But I wouldn't want to damage the work of like a lot of people I sure. like. So, so that's why I felt super dumb about it, um, as well as just having said something in the moments, uh, thinking like, oh, this would be a funny thing to say. But uh, there, there was such a weird, there was an element of it, at, at least a sliver of the reaction to it, I found surprising were the people who were acting as if you were applying politics to those characters that never existed before. Right. And That's the, the ridiculous right. thing. The original Stormtroopers. They're called Stormtroopers. Hyper-political. Right. Right. And all um, that was intended 
I think all of that was intended. I mean, actually, I think George Lucas might have had the Vietnam War in mind. In a that was yes. his Certainly. big right. touchstone. Right. But there's <clears throat> so much sort of visual echoing yes. of the Nazi party well, yeah, in, in, in the Force Empire. Awakens, the, right. you know, this, it's the Nuremberg rallies. Uh, Absolutely, right. That's yeah. like the introduction, the yeah. big introduction to General Hux. Yeah, but I, yeah. you know, I didn't mean to hurt anybody's feelings or get people freaked out. And I also yeah. certainly didn't mean to receive, um, you know, uh, neo-Nazi hate messages either. <sighs> So, that sounds fun. That's like really, a fun experience to have. It was right. interesting, I got to say, uh, to a bit, because I feel like it was a sort of a canary in the coal mine experience for me. That like get, getting getting hate hate tweets, right? Because that that's pre uh, election too. It was pre election, yeah, right? Where you're like, hmm, yeah, mm, this isn't. Uh, <laughs> there's something going, going so on well. here. Storm clouds uh, building. Uh, yeah, what's uh, with all these frog avatars? <laughs> yeah. People like frogs all of a sudden. I mean, I like a frog once, you know, cute to look at. I don't know. So, I don't know why they're uh, so into frogs. This is, of course, our episode on Lust Caution. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lust, comma, caution. Lust, One of the comma, great caution. comma movies. Yes. Yeah. I love a comma in a headline, in a title. Uh, this is Blank Check. Yeah, we said that, didn't we? I, I don't, don't think we did. Yeah, it's a podcast fine. about directors, uh, filmographies, uh, filmmakers who had massive success early on in their career were given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Projects. Sometimes projects. Poggles. Hoggles. Mm. Sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they bounce. Baby, I guess this is not. This is actually not a bouncer. No, because it actually did really well in China. It just didn't this make much skimmer. money in America, right? Yeah, right. It's a skimmer, right? No, no one got skimmer's hurt. a good term. Mm. That's a good one to add to lexicon. Skim a check. But is that way, like when I deposit my rent check and it like like my <laughs> bank account goes to like six dollars, yeah. and it's like yes. got it <laughs> just in time. Um, this does definitely feel like a blank check movie though sure i think people right, don't right. think about it as much uh as no because it wasn't it was that so, expensive but still yes but he's got his oscar in and terms he's of, right they never would have let someone who didn't just win an oscar make a movie make like a movie this at this budget it'd be one do you thing, know how much it cost it cost 15 million dollars and it was largely funded i think by uh, uh chinese and taiwanese yeah uh, studios um, but yeah, right. Because it's not just that he's making a historical epic, mm-hmm. and it's not just that he's making a foreign language film. It's also that it's like incredibly sexually explicit, like all of that, like to secure a budget. That that's an Oscar like but, but winner's say, decision. Yes, the right. thing I was very surprised by was, uh, and, it's, I, and it's hella long. It's very that's the other thing. very long. Sure, I had not seen this movie before. Okay, and I remember when it was coming out, reading reviews, seeing the trailers. I don't know if I just misremembered everything or if I just had a false perception of this film, but I thought it was like nine and a half weeks. I thought this was like. Yeah, that's true. Oh, it was just like, like, like from the in the movie. Yeah. You, you just think it was like two and a half hours yeah. straight right. sex. Yeah, right. I guess they kind of doubled down on that in America with like, hey, right. it got an NC-17, so we might as well like lean on that. I think that was their like, thing, like weaponize it because NC-17 has always been such a kiss of death. Which it was. At least make it seem really sexy. Sure, it is. But it's sort like, of. <laughs> the, the sex stuff in this movie is, they, go, they go hard, but it's but not it's, but a it's very also large very percentage tense. of the film also. Yeah. But even also the sex scenes of these very tense power plays, they're not real. Right. It's not like nine and a half weeks where it's, it's like very titillating. No, 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 it's um, not. I th- and I think, so I have a theory about this movie, which I could save for later, but I'm just going to roll out the yeah, roll preview out. of okay. the theory, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is that every once in a while, for all, I think Ang Lee is one of the greatest living filmmakers. Right. He's an amazing filmmaker. Okay. Uh, and uh, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman is maybe one of my top five favorite films of all time. But every once in a while, he will sort of seem to discover something new and be like, yes, this, this one. And like with the Hulk, it's like CGI. This is right. going to, I'm going to use this. And I think with this one, it was like, 
Uh, fucking. Is that just gonna, like, I haven't, I haven't done this before. Like, all my other movies have been it's quite, true. He's quite demure, restrained. Yes, but in yeah. this one, <laughs> we're going all out, going baby. For it. And when he, d- and it's also like with with Billy Lynn's uh, long, long half, half time, yeah, yeah, it's it like seventy two frame frames rate. a second. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, gonna yeah. be that's great. It. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they bounce. Yes, and when yeah, sometimes they bounce, baby. When yeah. you hear about him, it is always also right. People around him might be like. Like, are you sure about the camera? Like, yeah. this frame rate thing's crazy. And he's like, no, it's going to be great. Like, he's a mm-hmm. very driven, like, positive-minded director in that sense. The thing I keep hearing about him post-Life of Pi is that he's like, I never want to do a 2D movie ever again. Wow. That, like, he got so into 3D. Because everything he set Ugh. up after Life of Pi before kind of Billy bummer. Lynn. That yeah. kind of, like, depressed me hearing that. Yeah, let's just work in 2Ds, man. Right. Yeah. It's enough Ds. But Billy Lynn, that was his big thing, was, like, I want to make a 2D, uh, 3D drama. And he was, like, developing right. a couple things before Billy Lynn went, and all of them were 3D. Wow. Like, he wanted to do a, a, a Muhammad Ali, George Foreman movie mm. that was going to be in 3D. I remember that. And that got shut down because I think the budget was getting too high. Sure. There was like a Boxing bunch of stuff like that. movies don't really like play that. in the same way they right. used to. Yeah. Although but Creed went. But he, anyway. He definitely does seem to, you know, one of the reasons we picked him, why we think he's so interesting is because there's just such a weird variety of stuff in his filmography. And yeah, I think I it's because he constantly needs to find some new shiny toy, whether it's thematic or whether it's like right. genre or technological or whatever it is. I think that's very apt. He does seem really excited by the idea of sex in this movie. Not like a horny well, way, also but like a hundred hours of sex scenes uh, were That's shot. Insane. Like, or they shot for a hundred hours. And like we, I read an interview with him where he was like, it was very punishing and difficult work. Like he doesn't talk about it. Like, you know, yeah. it was really like fun to dig into this. He was like, it's yeah. very hard. We had to work very hard. It, he doesn't seem yeah. like the kind of filmmaker who would enjoy directing. No, no. I mean, no, nothing I in his because, past filmography really suggests. I mean, it. every indication is that he's like a, total gentleman and yeah. like not a kind of a James Cameron, you know, like right. uh, a brow beater. Sure. Uh, and so, I mean, this to put the director's hat on, like to direct, I, 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 I wouldn't want to direct sex scenes. And one of one of my worst experiences just personally uh, as a director was, was uh, like a, a, a topless scene in, in American Pie. I was, I was about like, to say, like, I was, I was, I was just going through sick, like, has he direct, but then you made American You made, like, a, like yeah. a totally, like, sex-obsessed You comedy. broke onto yeah. the scene, like, essentially, like, reinventing a genre. But that kind of wasn't, I mean, that was, like, my brother and but, I weren't dying to, to do a sex comedy. It's just sure. like you direct the first movie that you get you're off allowed yeah. to. Yeah. And, I mean, I really loved the script, and Adam Hurst did great work, and it was super fun, and it probably the best time I've ever had making a movie, but they, that's not me. And like to uh, just like to you know it, it, just my brother and I trying to to uh, direct like a topless scene is just so the saddest thing you can imagine. Like okay, now um you you take off your clothes and then yeah. <laughs> because we're so embarrassed. I I think that's oh, like man. a thing that people who haven't spent time on set like don't understand is how embarrassing it is even to just do anything on camera. Yeah, let sure, alone. right, right. So then yeah. you add on like okay, any sort of emotional vulnerability gets really uncomfortable. Like anytime you're on set with like an emotional scene where someone's like crying, all the guys like holding the boom poles just look uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, of course. You know, they're like, like, I shouldn't uh, be here. This feels like kind of (laughs) private. Right. And like, God forbid, like, you know, like nudity and stuff like that. Uh, And then beyond that into like actually like replicating sex. Like that's the sex in this movie looks really like acrobatic. It's very physical. It's very physical. And like uh, it it doesn't. I mean, that's what's interesting about this and feels like the thing that he kind of 
landed on was like, I want to make sex that actually looks like sex. Because watching the love scenes in this movie, you're like, oh, most sex in movies looks really fake. Right. Like it kind of underlines how bullshitty it is. There's right. nothing. There's nothing kind of soft. Right. Core about this. Uh, although I do think that like there's some really strange contor- bodily contortions. There are. Yes. They go for it. That I. Mean, I don't know. I'm. I've never done considered that before. Particular one. <laughs> yeah. When you got like, Tony oh, Lung, you know, yeah. you gotta, you gotta yeah. fold him like a pretzel. I don't know. But like, imagine having to direct that and being like, uh, no, 15 degrees higher with the leg. No, <laughs> I, that, no the other I, leg. I think he's like that because I remember speaking to Eric Bana once about mm-hmm. shooting the Hulk and he, you guys have pointed out that he's he's very uh, intent on body language yeah. and sort of getting that right. But like the position of the head, the way that your head is tilted, like from one degree to the next is very, very important. Well, that's why the 100 hours thing kind of makes you, sense. That makes sense, yes. Yeah. But then you also go, the movie's like 240. Sure. And I'd say there may be five minutes of sex scenes, six. Yeah, certainly it's yeah. mostly not sex scenes. Right. That is true. Right. It's, yes. it's not even like, I mean, it's a little bit like uh, uh, blue is the warmest color. Those sex scenes are very long, though. But there's yeah. kind of like the one big section. Yeah, in the you're, middle. you're, that is you're longer right. You're than right. This. And then it's a lot more just emotional, right? You know, dating content. Right. But this <laughs> is kind of if you were like a, a 13 year old kid watching this on HBO in the old days, right? You'd be you like, have to like waiting it out a lot. <laughs> right. You learn a lot about Shanghai. <laughs> in this the is, early I guess there was a Japanese puppet government. I had no idea. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is one of those That's movies that would have like identified cinephiles at a young age because all the 13 year old boys would stay up to watch it and then like one out of every like a thousand would go like wait a second but the camera angles are really interesting it's really building very slowly like to like an emotional climax I'm not seeing butts but the mise-en-scene is incredible (laughs) Um, but that's the the part where this movie gets so blank checky is that like with this script and this story right you could have seen them go like, so do you think you could get it in a PG-13 if we're clever about how we do the sex right. scenes? Right, right. Like this movie doesn't even necessarily need R. to be R. Right, but he, and to him he that was, was like, paramount 100% importance. 100% if we're going to do it, the sex scenes have to be visceral. I guarantee you that right. there, there, were, there were heated discussions between the MPAA oh, and yeah. the studio where it's like, yeah. well, what if we took some thrusts out? And, yeah, you right, know, right, like, right. Nah, Not that shot. It um, is interesting how thrust... Yeah, yeah, you read about that. They really, they're like two thrusts, not five. And then you shall have your R. We had, uh, we had, I think we cut two pie thusts as the last thing to get down to R on American Pie. It it got that. Bizarre. And there were multiple Strange. pie situations, right? Like, yes. I remember there was like a harder pie there, edit. There's a, and there's softer, a more yes. less caution kind of pie <laughs> <laughs> version we, we didn't use. But oh, by the way, while we're having fun here, I want to say also the sex is problematic in this. I want to be the first to use that word yeah. ahead yeah. of anybody else because I, actually I was kind of distress at the sexual politics of uh, it's a little uh, It's a little this. horrifying. I, I don't think it ages well. I mean, it's more horrifying that she... Uh, that this becomes an emotional relationship. That's the like thing that, for me. But, right. but I yeah. don't think that's unintentional. Like, yeah. unfortunately, you know, like, no, or not unfortunately, like, but I think, I do think that's part of the larger point he's making. It's not like, this is not a love story exactly. No. Well, it what, is, it's a very complicated affair they're having. What it reminded me of was that, I think some scene, I think it's, is it in, Annie Hall, I forget which, but there's like, there's some scene where it's like a Hollywood party and a guy's saying like, it's a movie about a guy who screws so good. And Woody Young goes, screws so good? What are you talking about? You know, and it sort of felt like that. Like sure, there, right. there was a, this kind of um, a thing that I don't buy about it where it's like, yeah, she's she's getting swept up in right. a web this of sensuality so and right. it doesn't really matter that the guy's clearly sadistic and, and frankly. Well, and, and- 
No, what were you going to say? He's evil. Yeah, yes, I agree. Yes. Well, certainly, by the end of the film, that, that's crystal clear. But the arc kind of goes that at, at the beginning, not to jump into like the meat of the movie, but at the beginning, the sex is purely like violent and terrifying, and it is fully abusive with no gray area. Yeah. And there's the point where it starts to feel a little it bit more slightly. consensual. Sure, sure. And he's softening slightly also outside of the bedroom anyway, like, you know, the ring and all that. Yeah. Right, right. But that's also tied to the fact that she seems to be enjoying it more. Sure. So it, you're saying that the complication comes from the fact that it's like she starts falling for this evil guy once the sex becomes enjoyable. Yeah. And I also... I. I it, I'm not buying what they're selling, I got to say. Yeah. This is sort of a trope that I think Game of Thrones got in trouble with before sure. but because it's so fanboy intensive. They're like, eh, what are you going to do? It's like where, where Daenerys is is raped at yeah. the beginning by what's his face? Jason Momoa mm-hmm. guy. Yes, Aquaman himself. Uh, yeah. Yes. She marries uh, Aquaman. And then King she the eventually season. loves him. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know it about is, the it's funny viability of yeah. that as, in, as a. In the book, that's also not how it goes, which is interesting that the, the TV series dials it up. Uh, the the that she loves him eventually. No 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 she, that uh, he rapes her. That doesn't uh, happen in the book. Oh, their really? their first sexual encounter. He first sort of tries to kind of like mount her or whatever, and she sort of turns them around. Says, oh no, let me show you yeah. the yeah, sophisticated and, new way. Right. So the bond sense, is right. much quicker and not as like. Got it. And I think the TV show is like we need to like push the brutality of this because like we want it to feel like she is really like stuck in this horrible situation. Oh, but it's that's a mistake like, Game of Thrones makes over and over yeah. again. As a trope, this sort of uh the the um the the journey from kind of abusive sex to obsessive yes. love is like I I just don't uh, and I think I think it, so. Probably you would go into this movie thinking like Tony Lung is fucking you know so yeah. incredibly charismatic that yes. you wouldn't yeah. understand it. It's right. fascinating that right he casts him in this role that is so inhuman and evil. Like yeah. that yeah. he is one of the most charming actors alive yeah. and one of the most handsome actors alive. No, I I have that thing too. Like I I have such problems with Fifty Shades of Grey. And I've not seen those. I but try I, to engage with it a little bit just because it feels like enough of a cultural thing that mm-hmm, I want to mm-hmm. know what it is. And I'm constantly checking myself and going like, is this my puritanical whatever? Is right. this me being a guy? Like, wh- where's my hang up here? But there is something about the fact that um, the relationship does feel straight up abusive to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Yeah, I think that's because Fifty Shades of Grey is poorly written. Like, yeah, I do. I think like, that's not, the not to be mean, but I do think like Two Fifty Shades. I mean, but yeah. like I do think the core problem there is that uh, Mister Grey or whatever, like they're trying to be like the movie is not actually about a guy who is like very into BDSM. It's about like a very damaged man, right? Because right. like she's always like finding like trauma in his childhood, and like that's like the crux of every movie where it's like, oh, it turns out this. And so the movie's like, and that's why he does this stuff. And then you're like, oh, so he's just like a traumatized person who does abusive things rather than like, oh, you know, he likes to have a contract that you sign and you negotiate and whatever. And also that it's poorly written in a way where the character's behavior is totally inconsistent. It also doesn't make any sense. And like she works in a hardware store. I don't understand any of this stuff. It's all dressed up with like a lot of money and and Jamie Dornan being sexy. Right. Right. And the apartment and the the private plans. It's also, you know, I mean, can I call bullshit on a major aspect of this franchise? Uh, The shades? There's only one shade of gray. (laughs) Wait a second. She works in the paint store. Multiple yeah. shades. I don't know about that. Doesn't she work at like a hardware store in the first yeah, one? Yeah, she does. Because yeah. he comes by to buy rope. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
You know, this is how I spent my birthday. I went to see Fifty Shades of Grey on my birthday. Wait, like the first one? Yeah. I saw an IMAX. It was a You saw it in IMAX? You see it on your own? Like, was no, it? I saw it with like four people. <laughs> what? Were you like <laughs> excited to do this? People? I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> you were, you were, Go p- wait, is, is Pacino awake yeah. again? Ah! <laughs> like, we're, we're all going to die. Uh, yeah. That's what it kind of felt like. Yeah. That's what it kind of felt like. Yeah. Um, uh, wait, I want to pull back. I want to sure. pull back. Okay. We're, do- we're talking about less caution. Yes. Correct. Sorry. Chris, for some insane reason, you like our podcast. Uh, that, that, we can get into that if, you, if we want to. I mean, yeah, I don't know. You, already... you had tweeted. We didn't know you were listening. And then you tweeted uh, about, about the Starship Troopers episode. Indeed. Uh, yeah. And I said that it reminded me that that's, that's a, a, a work of genius, actually. It's a great movie. Um, that's great. And uh, well, yeah, uh, here's the thing is, is that I, I, I love your podcast Thank because you. um, amongst other reasons, there is a genuine enthusiasm for film. And I have been having this kind of crisis of uh, meaning with, with films. Uh, and, uh, and it, it made Sounds me like want to work in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, man, they're really hard to make. And yeah, even sure. bad films are, are hard to make. And I, I don't know. Uh, and, um, <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, from time to time you think like and also if you make them you can no longer really watch them in the same way I'm sure you experienced yeah, this too Griffin where bummer. it's like uh, you know this shot that shot oh, sure. hard. look at that extra doing that uh, and so it, I, I've started to go a, uh, a bit crazy uh, on the question of like why why films and uh, this sort of started to renew my my faith that's that's very that's, that's the, the highest praise we could possibly we could, get. Yeah. yeah. Um. But so then you're we're chatting and we're you're yep. saying, well, I'm going to be into town, and we're like, uh, sort of looking at our schedule. Griffin and I are conferring. We're like, oh, there's not a lot of like stuff we don't have like a guest already want you know expressed interest in. How do you feel about Lust Caution? Like Hail right. Mary pass. And you responded with, you've used the score as your temp track I've or temp score. Temped yeah. the hell out of that score. Which I did not expect you to say. No. Well, I think. Um, Alexandra Desplat. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he is my homie. Uh, we've sure. done four four movies together now because we, I, we, we just finished working on the fourth movie. Um, and was, we, it, was it Golden Compass when you guys first? Golden Compass was the up? first yes. one. Yes. Uh, then uh, a good score. the Twilight Saga colon New Moon, mm-hmm. and uh, then A Better Life, uh, and now no. we just did Operation Finale. Uh, and uh, so I, lo- I love his stuff, needless to say, uh, and I think he is fantastic. And I actually think Less Caution is one, it, it might be my favorite. It's uh, an underrated score, I feel really like. He's, 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 it's amazing. And he's the kind of composer, he works in such bulk. Like he'll have like six scores a year and you don't know how yeah. he does it. So it can be hard to sort of like... Uh, find the gems sometimes. So. I think, uh, yeah, uh, his underappreciated ones because people know the ones that sort of got you know Oscars mm-hmm. and whatnot. Are, to me, less caution. Uh, Painted Veil is pretty. Painted Veil is a great score. G- good movie, great score. Yeah, uh, but Lost Caution. I think actually, the, the, not having because I hadn't seen. I, I agreed to it to this podcast <laughs> right. before I've seen the film. Off of the temp connection. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, and. Um, and actually, I don't think that the it, it is cut particularly well into the movie. That is Ooh. to say, I don't think it gets its day in court. Sure, um, sure. In the way that, it is like, if you're understated in the movie, you're yeah, right. if you're yeah. doing temp, you get to hear the whole track, and then you're like, oh, we're going to use this bit here, mm-hmm. and you hear it over and over and over again. So these themes are really in my mind, and there's some these beautiful lush uh, melodies. So did you 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 know that he's your your friend, your collaborator? Do you 
go, well, let me pick another one of his scores so I have something to cut to. Is that how yeah. you landed on that one? Well, when when you're temping uh, during editing, obviously, you know, the, the, the scoring is going to come much later. And mm-hmm. sometimes maybe you have sort of shitty synth- synthesized versions of what you might use down sure. the line. But um, mostly, so you're trying to get what suits the, the, the movie, but also to avoid temp lock, which is like when you fall in love with uh, something that you've put in. Uh, and, um, yeah, and, and ideally you're, you're temping with, uh, with the composer work of the composer that you're, mm-hmm. that makes sense so, right. because then they're not thrown because they're also hearing the temp. Actually, Alexandra, I think said to me that he would rather not have any temp music at all in the movie that he sees, but that isn't possible for me to do. Yeah. I, like, I need to. Think, think or else it, it just doesn't make like the movie just doesn't seem like a movie i mean some some sequences are like only supported by music i mean like right. certain kinds of you know montage pieces or certain kinds of shots you know are going to have music mm-hmm. uh, and so uh i think i sometimes maybe we send alexandra a, a, a version without music but at least he's familiar with what he was going for at a point in the past right i was uh so you said that i went oh man what a funny coincidence then I watched this movie last night, and I realized the the score for this movie is what my my old acting teacher used to use in class. Wow, <laughs> to like hype you up, to like lock us in, to like go deep. Like she would like play Man, this track and then so like cool. guide us through her thing where everyone would think about their mother and start crying. Wow, so I have this so almost weird. like you Pavlovian. do a very strange thing. I just the want weirdest, to point this the out. weirdest fucking odd. thing that makes no sense. Right? Yeah. And um, this is Elizabeth Kemp, who passed away last year. Who I've talked about yeah. was like the one acting teacher. I, the I one Ellen Burstyn hooked you up with, and then correct told me to, to try silence. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, she was like a very hippy dippy lady who sure. did all this stuff that when it was described to me I was like I don't want to fucking do that no and then I was like oh, what you just described to me sounds like yeah. my worst nightmare it was truly like, like yoga mat <laughs> in the floor of a church in Harlem <laughs> where she mm-hmm. like played the less caution score and talked about a green light going into your heart and thinking about your parents and I was like this is so dumb and then 90 seconds later I was bawling and then I gave the best performance of my life Right. I kind of like that. I, I would like to do that part. I wouldn't like to, to do stuff in front of other people. Like, that's this right. Yeah. This seems like more like the meditation class kind of Yeah, yeah. Privately, I think it might be a rewarding experience. Doing that in front of another person is, I would literally like wake up in a cold sweat. As a, That would be a nightmare. Well, that part of it was everyone lying on the floor with their eyes closed. Sure, okay. Fair so enough, you had enough. the like, self-awareness. And you're silently crying. Right, right. There's the self-consciousness of knowing you're around other people. But the thing I liked about that class was it wasn't like, okay, and we prepared this scene and we're going to perform it for you. Right. Like a lot lot of it was the meditative stuff and the just sort of getting out of your head, getting out of your sort of physical tension sort of stuff. And then like at the end, people would come up and do what they were working on. But she didn't let people do like the material by and large. What actors do is amazing. I got to say, and it's, I, so I, I, it, it's really <laughs> strange. I mean, I suppose you could look at it stupid. Like if you look at one, fa- look at it from one angle. Yes, it's stupid. But in another angle, it's like this weird ritual of like channeling. Uh, yeah voices i i like love uh doing it and i love watching it and i feel dumb all the time if that makes any sense right sure like it just feels like such a weird like i I can't be doing this right because so the thing that's so strange about it is like whatever anyone tells you doesn't really matter because you have to figure out how you work Mm mm-hmm like your brain doesn't make sense to anyone else. Your body doesn't make sense to anyone else. You have to figure out your voice and all that sort of stuff. I liked her a lot as a teacher because she would just play less caution and let people tap into their own thing. Right. Yeah, not being like, good. this is the way you do it. But um, 
I know uh, Valerie Curry, who uh, past and future guest, yes. uh, plays my sister on the show. We were talking about all the tricks we have to use when we're doing like crying scenes. Uh-huh. And something like the tick, we work on like a TV schedule. So we you have to cry do right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's sudden. Oh, we changed the scene order. We're doing this now. We have to do like, you know, seven or eight pages a day. And sometimes it's like a bunch of stunt stuff and then a comedy scene and then like an emotional scene. Right. And it's literally just the stuff of like, oh, I have a crying scene coming out. Okay, let me find the biggest light on set and just stare into it for three minutes until wow. they call That's action. That's how he went blind. Right. So uh, that just yeah. the second I start, I'm teary-eyed and hopefully well, I can run from there or yeah, whatever. And in theory, it you're is. priming the pump. I mean, it's not yeah. just fakery, right? Because you're right. trying to access like once you start crying, you actually the emotions presumably follow sometimes. Right, but it's a combination of things. Like sometimes you just think about what the scene is and that gets you there. Sometimes you're like, right. oh fuck, I gotta think about my dad. Sometimes it's like physically punishing yourself. Yeah. Damn it. Whatever it is, but it's like you're just. Again, very strange. So weird. (laughs) So weird. Yeah. Yeah. And you can understand why many many actors are kind of cuckoo because they have to do these things. Yeah. They suddenly have to do this emotional sprint and then it's like, okay, thanks. Now we're going to reset the lights. I mean, I I do sympathize. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you have done a little bit of acting, so I feel like you have. Th- that sort of knowledge of at least knowing how weird it feels Only to be enough in that to position. know how weird and uncomfortable right. it is. Which no, I think right. makes a big difference. Like with the people I've worked with, the ones who are just are like, I've done that for five seconds and I hated it. Right. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I'm with you. I feel a lot more secure. But something like, not to run things right back on topic, but well, like I look at the sex scenes in Lux Caution and I go like, how could you ever feel comfortable doing that? Right. Maybe that's the hundred hours is like for two hours. It was deeply, deeply right. You right. gotta get past uncomfortable. that. Right. And then like about three hours in, they're sweaty, they're angry, and then you get there. There you are. Yeah. Sure. But right. I, but even so, like to to uh, even and even on a closed set, you still got a bunch of people watching you right. doing technical things while you're supposed to be, you know, doing. And then getting notes on that is just like. Yeah. Like I, people kind of like, hey, look, it's it's actually better for sound if you don't hit his back. Yeah, it's like you know when you when you bite his nose. Yeah, if you could just angle out a little bit, because yeah. otherwise we're getting shadow. There's this Michael Douglas quote I bring up. I think I brought it up on the podcast before, where he says like it's the worst thing to do because everyone watching has probably had sex and like is. <laughs> Like thinking, like this is bullshit. Yeah, and right. he says, like dying is his favorite thing to do because no one has ever died, so yeah. they're not going to be like he's <laughs> yeah, dying great. wrong. Yeah. Like, and that's it. Just I read that quote and I was like, you've done so many. So, like he is like Michael so Douglas much, is yeah. like the sexiest actor there is. Yeah, well, um, and it also is like he was doing the most like overcrank, right? The, the most intense eighties mm-hmm. like Sex fatal attraction, basic instinct. But then you think about like, those things are all about like the angles and right, the editing right, rhythms. Right, right. And if you're actually looking at it, like as a person on set and they're both wearing like flesh colored underwear Very strange. and they're like right. trying to make it look right on camera, it would look so unlike human sex. Right. Yeah. That's like a thing in this movie is it's like a lot of full body shots. Yeah, With, that's true. For that's me, true. what yep. like makes it kind of, Startling is that the actual awkwardness of their bodies together. Yeah. That because you're not just getting like clipped angles. Yeah, they're not just sure. looking for beautiful pictures. There's right. sort of, uh, it's like the herky-jerky movements mm-hmm. feel, <laughs> you know. And this is a man who can make beautiful pictures. He can. Yeah. Um, so this movie, I, I you know, started up and immediately go like, oh, I guess I have no idea what the fuck this is. 
whatever notion I had of what this movie was, I guess, is 100% wrong. I right, saw this, like, why are all these people talking? Yeah, it's like 10 minutes of Mahjong <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, that's true. This movie is, that's the most angry thing NC about this movie. For, yeah, oh, the Mahjong. Scenes of intense I will Mahjong. Say, <laughs> when I was watching it, I was like, I wish I understood the rules of Mahjong because oh my God, I, that'd be a, so much better. It, it seems like there's a lot going on. Like, there's that thing where she gets the red tile and everyone's right. like, whoa! And right. I'm like, is that that big a deal? Is like, this like Casino Royale? Would I be on the edge of my seat if I knew? Um, uh, but yes, no, that, but that felt like Ang Lee's yeah. like favorite thing is those, those charged Mahjong scenes where it's all yeah. chit chat and all small talk among the ladies. The wives who really kind of secretly hold the power. Right. And right. Joan, yeah. Joan Chen holding court. Like that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's some good shit. That stuff is great. Actually. I do like the Mahjong. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It should have been all Mahjong. It's actually, Lost in some ways it's a, it's a very old fashioned movie because mm-hmm. it, yes. it, it starts in this kind of thing. And there's like four years earlier. Right. Uh, and it, it feels very traditional in that it regard. Very 40s. I was going to say that media res opening feels very like 40s, 50s Hollywood. And then you're in, let's put on a show. You right. know, it's like, uh, we, you know, Little Rascals all of a sudden where they're right. like, oh, here we are in Hong Kong. Let's all. <laughs> right. Actually, I, there's a brief interlude, right, where they're on the road somewhere in China. Yeah. And we know that they're refugees heading to Hong Kong. They're going to right. university in Hong yes. Kong. The Sino-Japanese War, so it's like, you know, Japan and China. China is still this like very unstable place. Yeah. Hong Kong is like one of the uh, bargaining chips almost, like one of these sort of uh, colonial outposts that's different from the mainland China. But that's the and he's thing. casting all these Hong Kong actors. Yeah, sorry, carry on. Uh, no, that's the thing that feels very classical to me. Is like a, a trope that's still used today, storytelling wise, is the start at media res with a sure. crazy, crazy situation, right? And then the like. I bet you're wondering how I got myself into this situation. Mm-hmm. A thing that feels very 40s, 50s Hollywood is start with something that seems kind of innocuous, live in it for a period of time, yeah. and then jump back. So right. The yeah. first ten minutes, you're just like, I don't know. Yeah. The first ten minutes is. Mahjong and then like a phone call right. and you're like, oh, there's yes, Mr. There's Yi the and stuff. oh, what's yeah. going on? Tony but then, Leung shows up and you're like, is this the meeting? Have they already met? Like, it's a little like the Carol opening. Sure. Yes, that's right. I forgot Carol has that yeah. opening, right? And that's barely a media res. It's basically an end res. Right. Like, you know, But then when the, when the film cuts four years earlier, things are more dramatic. Yes. Like, it's not like they're going back yeah. to a simpler time. Yeah. I wonder if you need the beginning. I mean... I w- so I saw this film in theaters when okay. I, in 2007 and then had not seen it since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when this movie started, I was like watching and I'm like, I swear there's all this stuff with the students. Like I like like checking the Wikipedia mm-hmm. be like, wait a sec. And then realized I forgot about this well, sort of opening. It's kind of like one of those editorial choices you make where you're like, well, what if we sort of framed it with the scene that they come to later? But yeah. usually when you frame it that way, there's like something like Insane you said, something like exciting. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, holy shit. Right. Because we're going to foreground all the action to yeah. show. But instead they foreground the mahjong. You know? right. <laughs> and you're like, we got to get some mahjong in earlier. Otherwise, how are people going to know? You know, that's the strength of our movie. Yeah. Um, they the they had to lead. I mean, the, the the big selling point of this movie was was tits and mahjong. <laughs> Those should have been called less mahjong. Less mahjong. All right, all right. So, uh, we've got this university student mm-hmm. uh, played by um, Tang Wei, mm-hmm. and you know this movie stars the two stars of Black Hat, right? I like, do know that? Yeah, that's and there's was... siblings in Black Hat. That's right. They are right because yeah. she's Chris Hemsworth's love interest in yes. Black Hat. Have you yes. seen Black Hat? Oh, I've yeah, not yeah, seen yeah. Black Big Hat. Big fan. Black Hat's good. Uh, Try to track down that director's cut that has only played on FX, though. Yeah, I still haven't seen that. I only saw it theatrically. It's it's crazy. He moves a major plot event like 
fit an hour earlier in the movie and right. then suddenly the movie makes sense. Like that movie's the opposite of that where he took a thing that's supposed to happen mm-hmm. at the end of act two and made it the cold open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just changed the chronology of the event. Like nothing else is, oh, I mean, he didn't, he, it's not a flash. It's, it's not, not a flashback. Flash so the movie doesn't totally make sense. <laughs> yeah. And then he puts it, he puts it where it belongs. Anyway. Yeah. And then suddenly it makes sense. Yeah. It's, yeah. he's a weird guy. I mean, look, Chris, take it from us. You got to wear that hat. <laughs> Chris, you should go on the DJ podcast and be uh, interviewed by Michael Mann because that is the most incredible thing in my entire life is the episode where he interviews Ridley Scott. Oh, yeah. And he's just uh-huh. like, well, oh, rich people are really interesting. Uh, and Ridley Scott's like, was was there a question? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> like it's like that for an hour. Yeah, it's it's every time Michael Mann takes the mic, it's eight minutes and it doesn't end with a question. Mark. It ends with him going, "I guess there isn't a question yeah, here." I Ridley just want to say I thought it was well made. Doesn't care to you know. He he, he will gonna, happily he's, roast he's not Michael dig Mann. Him out of that. No, yeah, no, he'll no. be like, what? <laughs> I mean, Ridley Scott is also gravel voice. I'm making him sound. Uh, yeah, that's like the gravel cast. Yeah. yeah, it was a really. I was like, I could listen to these two talk every week just about like their haircuts or like you know the Ravens or whatever. I don't know yeah. any any old crap. Um, I, th- I think Tongway. Tongway. Sorry, Tongway, no, Tongway was was fantastic. I think she is so good in this movie. Yeah. She was. I'm trying. I'm looking like she was unknown. Like yeah, this is her first role, and it was a hyped thing of like you know. Ang Lee picked her. This She's is been in like some TV shows, back. I think. She's going to be a mm-hmm. big deal. She makes this movie. She gets... Uh, She's blacklisted by the Chinese film industry. Yeah, yes. for like four years. Oh, was she? Yeah, yeah. 100% blacklisted. Content. Yeah, mm-hmm. She's back now, though, and she is actually pretty big. She actually yeah. had a rebound. But yeah, she was basically, I think, given... It's almost like sports. She was like given like a two-year ban. Like It was yeah. like, we just right. can't make for movies steroids, with you. Cause you right, because yeah. like, you made this explicit movie. Like, how shocking. Tony and, Leung, no ban. But, no, of but, course not. But he is not from mainland China. He works in the Hong Kong industry, which is more, uh, you know... Oh, also, come on, he's a guy. He's a guy. Yeah, I mean, boys hey, boys. Boys. what's he gonna do? Yeah. Um, he's he was all he also is and was a pop star, right? Tony Lung. Am uh, I mistaken? Uh, he uh, has a music career as well. Yeah, yeah, he's done music. I don't think of him as like was he an actor first, and that because Lee Hong Wang, who plays. Um, Johnny, he's like a big pop star. Who's yeah. the other half yes. of the Black right. Hat uh, siblings? Yes, um, is is a pop star. Yes, he's like a pop star first. Um, Tony, I know I'm re- he had boyish looks. Did Tony Lang just do like a, a crooner album or two he, based upon? Like he might have pulled a Downey Jr. Yeah, Downey he, would, he, um. he was named one of TVB. TVB is a, a television channel. Um, one of TVB's uh, five tigers, aka the five hot young stars wow. in the 80s, along with Andy Lau and Felix Wong, like these other. And then he was in something called Police Cadet, which sounds good. Uh, played a lot of policemen. Uh-huh. But, you know, yeah, he's done some singing. I do feel like that's a thing in China that every movie star needs to have at least one album. Yeah. That I kind of wish yeah. was enforced here in the States. Also very old-fashioned, I think. Very the only people yeah. are doing yeah. it. This sort of like triple threat kind Disney, of idea. Disney Channel kind of does that. Right. Where they're like singing, dancing, acting. But right. It would kind of be nice if it happened with adult actors. Yes. If they like forced Paul Giamatti to do an album every time he did a movie. But Joe like, Pesci has an album. Yes. Yeah. Because Joe Pesci discovered Frankie Valli, right? Wasn't yes. he their manager? Yes. Someone plays Joe Pesci in, in Jersey, Jersey Boys, Boys which is, is the correct. weirdest thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Someone, Joe Pesci uh, was like just a guy who worked in like the Jersey club scene. And then right. like Scorsese like He was like a bouncer. Yeah. 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 He put out a rap album though. He did. That's yeah. true. That was a little, it was more in the Home Alone era, right? Yep. So you think every star should also have to do a novelty rap album? Correct. Like I just for Tony Long, I feel like this is a shocking role for him though, because he's like 
the like handsome leading man of Hong Kong cinema. He like right. he'll play you know cuties. He'll play right. love interests. He'll play like heroic cops. But like this is like such a villainous role. It's like it's casting such a nasty Tom Hanks role. in this type of role. It is. Yeah. God. Something interesting about this though, is, <laughs> is is like um, so. Uh, eventually, the, the, these kids are putting on a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, decide, yes, they are. Decide to become spies and assassinate the Tony Leung character, who is a collaborator. Right. I love that though that they get into revolutionary uh, theater, move, the movement through the revolutionary theater. Right. right. And the, people the see how taken theater. everyone is by her. Like she's a great performer. Speeches. Right. That they go like, we got to weaponize this and we got to use it. Yeah. But the interesting thing uh, to me is that. The only murder on camera that you see is done by the people who we sympathize with. Yes. Like, incredibly guys, brutal. Holy crap, they're stabbing this guy yeah. to yeah. death. Whereas Tony Leung, we know is doing terrible things, but only describes them. Yes. Factor. And he describes the most horrific things. Yeah, he does. But I, I, I wondered what was the reasoning behind that. And perhaps it's to sort of give, the, to, to give a visceral sense of violence, but also that Tony Leung somehow is immune from it in terms of how we're supposed to regard him. It's so much of his power is wrapped up in his sort of like how well dressed he is, how sophisticated he is. Right. And I think that that is like, we never see him do anything. And like, that's maybe part of just the horror of collaboration where it's like, well, all I'm doing is signing papers. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, Hey, look, you know, you can forgive me. Like, you know, once the, but Whatever, he's also sort of describing people later. with their brains out of no, their head. No, it's not nice. Like, uh, yeah, he's he's clearly doing some but gnarly you're stuff. You're right. The only violent scene is that scene that yeah. sort of ends the first act of the movie, which is like horrifying. Which is, I think, really yeah, well bad. done. It's one of the most yeah. like. There's that sh- bit where he like stabs himself in the hand oh, by mistake. So like good. it's so yeah. clumsy and yeah. nasty, and it feels like so what a murder should feel like, like, you know, realistically. Because well, when they first say to Tangway, when they try to give her the pitch of like, well, uh, look, I know we just had that good play. What if we start killing people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It is right. an escalation. Opening night was a hit. Why don't yep. we start murdering? And uh, she's like, I don't know how to, I got no experience. Well, beyond that, they're like, you should seduce him. And she's like, I am a, a, a virgin. Though. Right. Like there's also that. You're talking, you're talking about right. two things I got no experience right. with. Yeah. Murder and sex. Yeah. Um, but they keep on saying this whole kind of thing of like, when you think about those people, what they've done, when you get in the room with them, you'll know how to kill them. They, right. they remain sure. emotionally they have that righteous yeah. anger, driven like, the entire film. Right. right. And I think that's kind of as much as, and I'm still sort of trying to wrap my head around the movie. As much as I can sort of parse the point of the sexuality and what's being said by that relationship, it's that she never stops existing on an emotional level. She always remains a sort of human person. Right, Mm -hmm. but I I think a lot of the movie, especially the brutal sex scenes later, like that's, you know, he... The woman's role in this revolutionary movement is is even more inhuman. Like you know, the things right. they're doing to her are even more like horrifying oh, in a way. Oh, hundred percent. But she is never able to sort of turn it off. She's no, always sure. feeling yeah. everything. Yeah, she and can't so just like even right. though this relationship with him is abusive, she's in it deep enough that she starts having whether it's like Stockholm syndrome or whatever right. it is, whatever sort of transitive feelings for him, and he treats everything like it's just a fucking job. You know, he's able to very clinically and calmly describe what he's done until the end Um, and and kind of keep his his hands clean of it, at least emotionally. Right. Yeah. And I I think in theory, she is getting sort of uh, corrupted by it or, or, uh, you know, it's insinuating itself in her. There's this weird scene, too, where old Wu, the spy master for the resistance, uh, is like talking about how the spy has to sort of just 
never be emotional or involved right, in right, any way. Right, right. You know, I would sit down with this guy in spite of the fact that he killed uh, my wife and two children. And then she starts talking about sex and he's like, nope, go away. Can't deal with it. <laughs> like, and uh, to me, that didn't quite read where I was like, geez, old woo. Come on, man. But right. But that's, yeah, yeah they, they can't. And like, she's sort of breaking hearts, uh, yeah. like inadvertently, like within mm-hmm. the re- resistance cell. Cause, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 um, Wang Lee Hom's character is so in love with her and like, won't say anything about it. And, uh, and then she's, she's forced to sleep with this other sleeping guy. Sleeping with the other dweeb right. just to sort of get some experience in the bedroom and there there is something interesting in terms of how it fits into his whole filmography though because he so often is interested in emotional repression yep yep this is a character who's like superpower and her kryptonite is her emotional access you yeah, know sure. it's like they go oh you should be in the play and she's like I'm not an actress and they put her on stage no, and she great. starts yeah. crying and screaming mm-hmm. and they're like wait that's powerful you can make people fall in love with you right. and she's mm-hmm. like I don't know love I don't know murder and, and then they like she just walks into her room and everyone's deck. like magnetically drawn to her there's right. that scene after she while she's still having sex with the student mm-hmm. when she's just you see her lying in bed she's covered uh, the sheet and then she sort of flings off the sheets mm-hmm. and like just walks up to the window mm-hmm. and the the scene has no purpose apart from that like you know and like we just cut to her, then her she's dressed and like and it does feel like Ang Lee's like there, this is an awakening for her as like brutal as it is you know like she yeah. there is independence here that is like a little seductive right like even though it's uh, right because they sell yeah. her on this idea she tells them that she's a virgin and they say look look there's only one guy in our group who has any sexual experience right and she's like with whores and it's like look we don't got you know beggars can't be choosers they send this guy in who comes in like takes a final swig out of the bottle and it's like so depressing it's quite yeah. depressing the whole situation she looks so physically uncomfortable sure. it's it's so unromantic but then you see them sleep together a number of times after that, and she starts to sort of gain control over the thing, at least in the sense of her being like, let's just get this over with. Sure. You know, he I'm says, like, like, you're getting the hang of it, and she's like, shut up. Shut up. Just finish. Yeah. All right. You know? I think to me, what, what it lacks for her character is some sense of where she starts. Uh, that's that true. Because yeah. she does, does just kind of like get dropped into the movie. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, she's that's like fair. a mousy girl who they like activate and then she becomes like the center of a hurricane. What we know about her is that her father has remarried and he's in London now and doesn't want her to come over or, or can't be bothered mm-hmm. to, to sort of get her over right. to London. And to be clear again, like Japan is invading China. Like, uh, there's this collaboration government. That's what they're resisting. You know, there's like a Chinese nationalist movement is what they're part of. Yeah. Um, which is eventually going to be sort of what retreats to Taiwan, actually. You know, like what uh, seeds Taiwan because they, they flee the communists later. But, but she starts seducing history. him. Infiltrates the Mahjong game. She does. Right. Things get really Chen. A couple big Mahjong set pieces. And... <laughs> And then there's this moment when she comes back, reports to them, oh, they're leaving. They're moving. We're fucked. We miss our window. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his, is it his driver? Uh, the, like who tips him off? or The guy who comes back who they have to murder. Oh, yeah. No, it's, um, oh, yeah. Good point. Uh, it's the contact who was from the same village as right. one. He's from the same right. village. Yeah. Holmes, uh, uh is from. And, but he uh, works with Mr. Yi. He might yeah. be the driver. I forget what his role yeah, is. Yeah, and he's kind of, um, he's potentially blackmailing them, or he's like, hey, I could work with you guys. Yeah, now. he doesn't right. seem like, he's not saying like for sure, like you guys are in trouble. I'm going to, because that would be weird. He wouldn't come to them. 
Right. Yeah. It's more because he says like, "Hey, I'm from the same village." You and, think I don't want liberation? Right. right. And then they just stab him to death. So. Right. You know, really. That's the end of that. Really clumsily. Well, because it's for real now. Right. Like you know, this this shit is scary and hard and frightening and violent. Yeah. yeah and also, it's like they kind of think like, "Oh, it's like a movie. You just stab the guy and he's down." Right. Yeah. Right. Because they do the very dramatic stab. And he's like, ah, and, the, the and then it's like, he's still there, right, fighting. yeah, yeah. They're uh, like looking uh, downstairs, right, and he's yes. like, he's still alive. Yeah, he falls yeah. down the uh, stairs. It's not funny, but it, it, like there is that reality yeah, of it. That's a very upsetting like, line of dialogue where yeah. you know somebody could hear you and you're saying, he's still alive. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, it reminded me of that moment in Casino where, back to Joe Pesci uh-huh. again, where Joe Pesci says he's still alive about his brother who's been beaten with an aluminum baseball bat. Yeah. And he's like basically saying, kill him, please. It's, yeah. Because it's that thing of like, okay, so the one guy makes this like knee jerk decision, right? Yeah. Okay, this is what we got to do. We got to kill him. Stab him. Thinks that's it. That's done. I did the scariest thing I'm ever going to have to do. Mm -hmm. And then the more they realize that this guy is like the Black Knight from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, (laughs) the more everyone else has to like jump in and keep taking turns. Yeah. The deeper they're in, there's no way they yeah. get out of this now. There's no. no way this guy survives. So someone has to deliver the death blow, and everyone just keeps on taking their shot. And she's out in the balcony the whole time. Uh, yeah, she she's watching from the, the window. Room. She so remains innocent of the because, whole thing. Well, because it's like that's not the woman's business. That's the man's yeah. business, right? You know. But, uh, but even the other women the, in the group. No, I'm not saying the movie's well, yes, saying. Yeah, they right, think right, that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she's the one person who's not like sort of following this like motley crew of murderers. Um, they finally snap the guy's neck. God, it's like horrible. so, so oh, deeply yeah. upsetting. And then the movie's like end of act one. Like, yeah, right. Intermission and someone comes out with like Jolly Ranchers and yeah. Sour Patch Kids. They're like, how is everyone liking the movie? And everyone's like, I thought it was going to be sexy. Oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, oh, actually, well. here's a hymns ad for you. <laughs> okay, Griffin. We've talked about forhims.com before. We have. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness uh-huh. for men. Uh-huh. Here's a problem that we need to talk about. Penises. In- They're an issue. They are an issue societally. And they cause issues. But sexual performance issues are also more common than you might think. Yeah. Like 25% of new ED cases are guys under 40. 40% of men by age 40 struggle from not being able to get and maintain an erection. Even the world's greatest actor, Tony Lung, Mm-hmm. Can't fake one. You can't. You can't. He tried. So, thanks to science, it's this ED can be not, can be optional. Hims can connect you with real doctors, medical grade solutions to treat it. You get well known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you combat ED. I like science giving us options. You know, for uh, so long humans were deprived of of their own sort of power. The, the world told you what you could or couldn't it's do. Very grandiose. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hims is changing, rewriting the building blocks of humanity. Well, one ED pill, starting with a V, just came off patent on December 11th. So that's a game changer. So there's no waiting room. There's no awkward in-person doctor visits. No lines. You just go I'm to forhims.com. You answer a few questions. You chat with a doctor for confidential review. And the products are shipped directly to your door. Yeah. So, you know, this is for anyone who's struggling with something and, like, uh, might, like, feel awkward going into the doctor's office. Yeah, especially socially anxious people. You know, it's just, like, don't even leave your couch. Just now just sit at home enjoying your boner. So you can try hymns for a month today for just $5. We'll get you started with for just 5 bucks while supplies last. You see the website for full details. 
This would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or to a pharmacy. <laughs> Too much. So if you go to forhims.com slash blank, that's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash blank for hims.com slash blank. David, I'm blanking on the promo code. No, Can you boy. say it one more time? It's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash blank. You can try it for a month today for just $5. Very nice. Hard made easy. Or as Tony Montano said, say hello to your little friend. Thank you, Ben. Did you just come up with that? It's in the copy. Oh, really? That's like movie stuff. Talk about sexy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh boy. See, that's like a very, like, at this point you go like, what the fuck is this movie? For sure. And then yeah. it jumps four years later. Yeah. yeah. Back to Shanghai. Right. I guess that's maybe why he has that at the beginning, because then when it makes that jump, you're not like, huh, wait, it's well, not as what jarring. the fuck's going on? Yes, right, right, you know. Right. Um, and uh, and she's, yeah, she's in Shanghai. She's back uh, in Japanese-occupied Shanghai, yeah, right. right. And she runs back into... A, she's, like, yeah, she's clearly traumatized. Sure. Uh, she's studying Japanese because that's how nihilistic it is mm, that she's right. like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to study the language of the oppressor. She goes to a uh, a movie, a Cary Grant movie, yes. thinking that Suspicion? she'll get some kind of... Uh, Autumn Serenade, something. Oh like yes, that. yes. Uh, and and um and but like five minutes in, it, the movie simply stops right. and Japanese pro Japanese propaganda comes on. Right. And and the whole audience goes, oh, not again!" And they stand up and walk out. <laughs> I was trying to yeah, I was trying to think is like, is that just like a thing where there's a part of the movie where they're like, "Well, we got to cut this out, so we'll just put in an ad," <laughs> or is it just like right. now it's just that's what I was trying to figure you out. Think they we suckered that. you in here, and they, now we're just going to show you this. They stick around. Yeah. I feel like they're suckered in. Yeah, uh, because yeah. otherwise I would hang out. I'd be like, "Okay, propaganda." Right. right. You're like, yeah, right. It's like, yeah, well, look at my yeah. watch. Um, but you're asking, are they trying to kill two birds with one stone and like inflict censorship on American movies? Right. I don't by know. replacing the objective, objecting scenes with. With Japanese propaganda. Yeah. I don't it's not know. a good business model. No, that's true. For the cinema to do that. Because uh, those people aren't coming back. Ben just dropping the Japanese propaganda right here. Um, <laughs> the thing that I think is kind of interesting is not just are her hands clean of the murder because she's physically on the other side of a window, but she seems so traumatized from the moment the first stabbing happens. Yeah. They had been telling her, like, when you're in the room with these guys, you know what these people have done. You have a gun in your hands. You'll want to do it. Right. And she seems so uncomfortable with the violence actually happening. I think that they're all imagining it's going to be one bullet to the yes. head. Right. Yes. And then it's like, you know, and then bang. victory, Stop like over. another yeah. scratch on our side. Like, right. Where, right. where yeah. the, then, the movement continues. Um, yeah. I also want to point out that Tony Lung is considered the, uh, the Hong Kong. Uh, Cary Grant. I have no idea oh, if okay. Ang Lee is being cute there, Maybe like being it. like, "Look at this! Look at this handsome guy in his suit." It turns um, out he's a sadistically sexual uh, collaborator. Yeah, he, he sucks. Um, so she gets re-recruited. Yeah. Uh, look, we didn't know what we were doing earlier. We were right. kids. That was a dog and pony show. Now we've made it to the the A list. Mm-hmm. We really got an operation. He's back in town. You got to seduce him. Sure. And the KMT's only gotten more like sophisticated, I think. So right. They 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 got a little more of like an infrastructure now. Mm-hmm. And uh they're in Shanghai and he's like the secret policeman. He's like shooting right. people, he's or, you know, ranks. like right. signing death papers and all that stuff. Um and so she's she's given some training this time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. She's given a, a suicide capsule. Yep. Yes. Classic. 
And he says, oh, sew this into your clothes. And then I'm imagining she's going to have to like redo it every time she changes her outfit. Yeah, that's actually really annoying. I'd be like, can you give me like 40 can I, can I have like yeah. 20 and I'll right. do it all at once. Yeah. What if I forget it? It's very phantom thread. Yeah. Sewing it into the lining. <laughs> Never occurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you have a cyanide capsule. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, th- so there's this like. <laughs> this is a funny movie. This is a lot of a, opportunities for humor. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly. It's like our Amistad episode where we were like, okay. Yeah, uh, things are rough. Oh, wait. I, just, I, I don't know why I just remember this, but but sometimes I'm listening to your podcast and mm. I think of jokes that I could have said if I were there. Okay. Oh, sure. okay so you guys were talking about Titanic and mm. how the, the Italian uh, immigrant character uh-huh. of course. Is, uh, is like a very very stereotypical. Super Mario and himself. I yeah. wanted to jump in at that point and say, as a matter of fact, when he dies, he says, mamma mia, that's a spicy iceberg. <laughs> Danny Nucci, I hope you're listening. <laughs> I think that's his name, right? I just love the notion of a spicy iceberg. Like everyone's scared, then they go like, there's a bit of heat on this thing. It's got a bit of a kick why, to that's it. That's why it went right through the metal. In my memory, he said Mamma Mia as he dies. He doesn't actually yeah. say Mamma Mia. I believe he just goes, ah, as a smokestack crushes him. And it doesn't go, I'm going to win. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's more of a Luigi, actually. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I just no, 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 Fabrizio. I was like, "What Fabrizio. the fuck's his name?" Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. So yeah, uh, not 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 many yucks in this. No, no, especially not in. Well, no, not in any of it. I was right. about to, so so apart from the mahjong, mahjong's fun. Mahjong, no, yeah. sh- no Shanghai yucks. There's some early <laughs> in it, more innocent time. Hong right, Kong. the theater, right. yeah. the 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 students. There's a little bit of ball yes. busting, right. I guess. But this and is the section of the movie. Second act is more just like Tony Leung's balls, where it gets. We go from Sorry. ball busting Sorry. to ball, balls. Uh, no, but this is where the movie starts getting really terse. Right. The first scene where it's like, okay, this is some femme fatale, like mm-hmm. spy seduction thing we've seen in movies before. And he just essentially assaults her. Right. He just, in, you're, you're thinking, he, right, he the rapes, honey trap is working. He rapes her. And he attacks her. He binds her with yeah. a belt. And then he unbinds her and hits her with the belt. You're right. like, oh, he's unbinding her. Oh. But there's, you know, it's a, you know, it's very strange. It's a very yeah. strange series of choices in this scene, and mm-hmm. I, I think that yeah, yeah, I guess you could say he only knows how to communicate at this point right. through sure. violence. Right. I think that I would think that is the idea. I'm sure if you sat only down, that would be his concept. And of she the is scene. stuck having to bear it, right. given that um, that she this is her job to to try to kill the guy. She's so that's also satellite. justified, right? Um, but what the the part that I don't quite get, even with, with the Tony Leung and the the Rodrigo Prieto beautiful shooting of it all mm-hmm. is, and she's starting to get into it. Like, I don't right. get that. I right. don't either. The best I can figure it out, what my analysis is just this notion of the, not the repetitiveness of it, but the mm-hmm. duration, the length of time she has to continue seeing him and being involved with him. Right. Eventually, like it's um, biologically, it's taking hold. Yeah, in a, um, in a creepy abuser abused relation, and right. I think that is true about um, victims of abuse that uh, that some aspect of it uh, they that they need to internalize some aspect of it is making some sense. That's my sense of it. Is not that it's like she's falling for him because she's enjoying the sex. It's because she is having to repeat these acts over and over and she's over She's having again. to pretend sure. so avidly that right. she is in love with this guy that it becomes a sort of a fact. Because she uh, has that scene where they, they're 
sort of briefing her. Yeah, and she basically like breaks down. Right, and yeah. she sort of says it's a very odd feeling right. plotting to assassinate the man that that you're involved with. Can I can I swoop in with context corner? Please. All right. Mm-hmm. So this is based on a novel by Eileen Chang, who is a very mm-hmm. famous um, Chinese writer, uh, who is long dead. Long- it's like a short novel. Yes, right? a yeah. novella, perhaps mm-hmm. you could mm-hmm. call it. And uh, I think so. I think a lot of you know a lot of this is in the novel, mm-hmm. and she's trying to write about honey traps are very common. Uh, in the days of the KMT and like, you know, the mm-hmm. resistance and stuff. And I think she's trying to like sort of de, you know, de glamorize, mm-hmm. like, right. She's trying to like really in, like deep day into the, the inherent misogyny of like that and, and mm-hmm. how these women were used and abused. And obviously it's based on, uh, I mean, she claims it's not, but it's inspired by the story of a real Chinese spy who was executed, uh, mm. you know, who, uh, uh, became sort of a folk hero. Mm-hmm. And I think their family were annoyed by this movie because they were like, she never fell in love with the guy and, you know, like, yada, yada, you know, like, she, that's that's not how it went. So they had to be very clear, like, well, just inspired by it. It's not, not about it. Sure. Oh, my call. God. For the first time ever. Uh, yellow oh, card. It's great, yellow it's great to card. be here at this moment. <laughs> Do you got, all right. Uh, it's trouble. a sp- spam call. Thank you. Um, I want to ask you a question. Do you get spam calls every day yes. now? Yep. So from, much in the last few months. And it's always from numbers that have my area code and my exchange. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's yep. like so it basically yep. looks like my number. Yeah. That's how they and get so, you. It's so it could how be you are they calling doing yourself. It? Where I'm like, I'm supposed to be like, oh, six four six, like must be a friend of mine. And then right. I pick it up and it's like, mm-hmm. you want a trip on a cruise or whatever. Yeah, I get yeah. five a day now. It's what's going on. I have no idea. There was a New York times article about it. About, and I said that it was uh, Chinese. In fact, I so saw yes. there were a lot of like Chinese spam companies and stuff that were, but like, it's how do they do that? How do they make the number or something? I, I recognize. I don't, know. Do I don't they leave voicemails. Yep. Okay. I, I, I rarely have, get voicemails. I have sometimes. one now that it's like constantly be like, you need to call us back because you have a lot of credit problems. Right. And I'm the like, IRS is well, like, yeah, too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like yeah. something like, you owe us money. It's like, yeah. they're so, they're like, yeah, there was yelling. an IRS thing. I IRS for sure. Like, I keep on getting college loans and I go, you fuckers, I dropped out of college. I'm dumb. You can't trick me because I'm a loser and I dropped out. <laughs> Just trolling you. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, credit. Are you my dad? Auto. Some, you know, sometimes sort of like I wish I had insurance yeah. on your car is running out, and I'm like, wait a second. You know, it's that. It's that. That trick. Anyway, sorry. That's who that's, that's like what kind? That's really. Those are really bad people. I mean, I know that's sort of an obvious thing to say. But yeah. Someone should I do think something. It's cool though. I do, I, yeah, that's true. Not gonna you lie. Think it's super cool. I think it's kind of cool to be like, "What's your thing? What are you into?" Well, I'm a scam caller guy. And like you know those calls you get. That's me. That's me. On a scale yeah. from one to ten, how surprised would you be if it turned out Ben secretly was like running <laughs> a, a phone scam bank? Yeah, that'd be classic. Offshore. Ben. I feel Benny. like that's a. I mean, just looking from the outside, that's a persona that he adopts. Is the kind of like uh, edgy the one more, of his the characters, more, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, perhaps slightly criminal. But that now that I see see him, you're oh right, you're meeting Ben for the first time. He's yeah. a sweet boy. Yeah. yeah. No, I, well, okay. I'm, I'm a bad man. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> hey, you better not cross me. I also want to point out this film is written by James Seamus. Yes. Frequent. And um, uh, Wang Huiling, who wrote Eat, Drink, Man, Woman mm-hmm. and Crouching Tiger. So it's so, the same team. Uh, same team, exactly. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. I mean, they're, they're, uh, that is to say, they, they do good stuff. They do. Uh, yeah. But this is a weird one. This it's so weird that he made this movie. It's so weird. I mean, I think you're onto something there with the idea of, of trying to de-glamorize that type of narrative. Right. Because it does feel like one of those movies that's like, 
hey, you know that type of story you've heard before? We're going to show you the version of it that just sucks. Right. That and just makes you really uncomfortable and is as awful as the real world. That's is. the thing. Because it'd be one yeah. thing if it was just uh, that he's an abusive monster. Sure, that's right. fine. We understand that. I'm sure that's what these people were often like. But like the the further uncomfortableness of like, and she's she does eventually just sort of get Stockholm syndrome into it. Oh, it's such a bummer. To the extent yeah. that she, it fails. Uh, like, right. I mean, this is the thing. The movie ends with her warning him because he's beginning right. to show just like slivers of humanity and so yeah. she's sort of moved enough to prevent his she, death she is so moved by his lover i don't think it's even that she's so in love with him but she is moved by his gesture mm-hmm. which is clearly all he can manage is to right. buy her some shit right uh yeah and and she's like it's so nice and he's like well i just wanted you to have something and just that alone, she's like sort of like flabbergasted because he's been such an inhuman monster. Right, but she's sort of a person who can never stop seeing people as people. Yeah. And he's kind of a person who is able to completely turn that off. Imagine going like, all right, you've pitched. You've mm-hmm. gone to a boardroom, right? You've you've had to like going in like, all right. So it's like sexy cat and mouse thriller. Right. She's trying to kill the and guy. Like, and the great thing is. Here's what happens. <laughs> she uh, saves him. Is executed off screen, and then he feels bad about it at the end. Yeah, and also think, guys? All, all of her friends are killed too. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 and they don't even know that she uh, is the one who she messed it up. She fucks up, yeah. not just for herself, but she gets her five friends, killed. and they feel yes. guilty. They think it's their fault, and uh, then, but then he does, you know, feel some weird existential regret, and then the movie's over. Roll he credit. does sit down on a bed and look sad for about <laughs> ten seconds. I mean, when you're putting it that way, it sounds a little like the ending of Rogue One. Yeah, Which, hey, it's just sort of complete. <laughs> Well, they ripped us off. Let's not go motherfuckers. They built a time machine. Went back. Watched Rogue One. Went back again. Yeah. Which is not cool. What were you going to say? Misuse of the technology. uh, Does he seem haunted? Uh, Yeah, no, a little haunted. A little haunted. And I can just imagine the studio being like, Mm, sure, fifteen million you're asking for. Okay, here, here you go. And, no, and do they give a check like that? Is that they or do. is it a big? Check? Yeah, do they have like a big check? They do. Like, well, what they do? Yeah, they have a big, a, a big thing like, with a big check, go. and then they do a big sign. Yeah, and they signing have a big ceremony. Pen. Yeah, big pen. That's Ed McMahon awesome. is there. <laughs> yeah. I love they that. pull a giant lever to initiate the green light. Confetti comes down. Yeah. Oh, there's the green light. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the great thing is that like the studio had every studio had has a big button. Mm-hmm. Which is a green light button. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Red and, or green. Uh, and if they hit red, is yeah, there a trap red. door and you fall? Yeah, you fall <laughs> through the trap door. Yeah. Well, they stopped doing that because some, some people got hurt. But sure, so sure, you, sure, re- sure. they still hit the red button and the lights flash, but you just you and then, then like, like walk someone out. just comes in and goes yeah. like, ah, you have yeah. to leave now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But underneath the trap door is director jail, right? Director jail yeah. is is a real thing, right? Uh, and. Right. Um, it was pretty nice. You just sure. don't get to make movies, but yeah, you bet, yeah. like it's good bed. Otherwise, it's like a hotel. Service. Yeah, yeah. Right. okay. It's so like a hotel. Yeah. Um, no, the thing that's a real bummer in this movie mm-hmm. is that you go, okay, so one of two things is probably going to happen: either she's going to fall for him, find his humanity, save him, mm-hmm. uh-huh. sure, or, turn him around, right? Or she's going to realize he can't be saved, and she's going to kill him, and it's right. going to die, kill yeah. her that she it'll, had to kill. It'll him. be tragic in yeah. a way that he's dead or brutal or whatever. But right, he will die. Right. And instead, it's she has a moment of pure humanity that she right. cannot suppress. And he does Doesn't. not learn in from kind. It. 
But you also learn, her. and I wonder he if it's a bit of a get-out-of-jail-free slightly, But he yeah. does still sign her death paper. He learns a yes. bit, but then it turns out his number two guy mm-hmm. has has been following the thing all along. Yeah, I, and it, yeah. yes, yes. Then so they were, they were, like, we were anyway. hoping to right to to crack open the the, the cell essentially, which Ugh, what a bummer, right? Yeah. Oy. and th- that's the thing. They're basically telling him like you were quasi expendable to us. Like if you die during this, you right. know, shrug. They we'll, didn't we'll get a woo. Uh, Old Wu no. got away, the, yeah. the spy master. Yeah. And it turns out also there were two other honeypot traps. Right. I think they mentioned. Actually, no, he, someone tells that to her. Oh, Old Wu says that to, to her, to Tang Wei, that, that there have been two other attempts to seduce this dude, and each time he, he killed them. Yeah. Right. So she's and, the third. Right. But I think the implication is partly like that the, the lingering affection from back in the day is sort of like interesting right. enough. This was to the him. first right. time he actually sort of. Well, right. So there is something. That, that is where this movie gets so blank checky is just how fucking bleak it is. Mm-hmm. And then that bleakness tied to an NC-17 rating. Like the fact yeah. that he was able to win both of those arguments. Like right. the ending is just so soul crushing. Yes. But also it's going to be box office poison because we have six minutes of graphic sex scenes. Right. It's a he curious mu- film. I mean, yeah. I'm, I assume he had Final Cut and all that, and he was just like, this is the movie I want to make, and well, Wouldn't let go. them cut it down for an R. It ended up getting an R cut when it went to home video because right. this was still a blockbuster era, and most home video stores will not stock NC-17 movies. Right. So I watched it on, uh, I think it was through Apple. Do you okay. think I saw the NC-17 one? Because now I'm feeling like I missed uh, No, I don't think you did, because I, I first R. looked on Apple, and it looked like it was saying, and the, this was what was weird, it was like the R-rated version you Sultry. didn't see in theaters, oh. and I was like, "That's because it's mm, not." Wait, wait, a wait, you're trying to make this sound uh, sexier, but I yeah. think it's less sexy. And then, yeah, because the difference in time is one minute. It's one minute. Yes. What so it's miss? really balls. Some yeah. more balls. You, <laughs> I mean, like, really, I think that's long yeah. scrotum. Yeah. I did see the back. Sure. I think he just missed back more of the scrotum. Yeah. It's all. I, it's not, I think I they know, cut whatever. specific shots or made certain shots shorter or, or okay. limited the thrusts. I mean, all this insane shit that they do. I mean, mm-hmm. it is bizarre how much the MPA runs off of like a checklist system where it's well, like one thrust, two thrust, NC-17. You know what this this process is called eventually? What? Frame fucking is when really? literally I've had marketing There's, and post people just talk to me about it like, I mean, listen, they're going to get really mad if, they, if we feel we're getting into frame fucking, but that's uh, that's what it's called. Sure. And because you're like, well, okay, you know, there, there are 12, we'll, we'll take out 12 frames of frontal nudity yeah. from this shot. Sure. And we'll get closer. And it's, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's horse trading. We're not supposed to say that, by the way. I think I'm not supposed to have said that because the MPA is like, no, no, no. We it's don't not do negotiable. That. Right. We, we never just do that. say what it is. The MPA is so strange. Well, I mean, and also this is the thing. It's like this film was released. Uh, uncut mm-hmm. in Hong Kong and Taiwan, mm-hmm. cut in Singapore, and the Singapore mm-hmm. like the people of Singapore cried out and were like, "We can handle it." And so then it was released uncut, wow. and they're like, "No, we've gone <laughs> too <laughs> far." And, they, they, and then they all had sort of breakdowns, like yeah. Tang Wei had. Um, but in mainland China, uh, there a lot of lot was cut. Uh, the dead refugees were cut. Oh wow! Um, so uh, not the, even the, the, sex the stabbing though. scene right. was cut yeah. down a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of the sex scenes uh, with the student were cut. Three with Mister Yi were cut. Uh, the shot of her going to the window was cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the um oh whoa dialogue modified in diamond ring scene so that she does not betray the resistance. 
Wow. <laughs> That's so they, they just changed the a movie. big deal. Right. Yeah. yeah. And she's still blacklisted by the Chinese movie industry. Uh, she was replaced by Maggie Q in some big movie that she was about to be right, in. Right, I saw that. Uh, and so she like moves to the UK and does other stuff for a while. But now she has made this comeback. And the, but nonetheless, despite all the stuff we're saying, it was a huge hit in China. It did so really weird. well. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, by the standards of like and a, like, this kind of movie. Here it made a couple million bucks, and Focus was like, we think it's pretty good for an NC seventeen, but it kind of was just like forgotten. Uh, well, here's the other thing. So this film was at the Venice Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Only had won the Golden Lion two years ago uh-huh. for Brokeback. He wins again. Yeah. Like, and it, which is, I feel like that's really unusual. Like festivals are often very like, you know, you already won once. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Especially uh, back to back. He's up against, I'm looking at it, is Zhang Yimou, the famous uh-huh. mainland Chinese director, it was the chair. Uh, so it's sort of an interesting pick in a lot of ways because this is so, sort of a, you know, it's very fudgy, like morally, like, Gross movie. Mm-hmm. It's more interesting than a chair. You know, like, <laughs> that uh, was kind of slow. I'm, two hours of a yeah. chair. Atonement. Uh, I'm seeing some of the Venice Wait, it was movies. Just a chair. It was just a chair for two hours. Yeah. It's like you know. Did people sit in it? Uh, no, it just yeah. sits there. And, Clint Eastwood um, says hi to it quickly at one point. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, give me again. back our country. Um, sorry. Uh, uh, Atonement. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Assassination of Jesse James. Okay. I'm not there. Uh, I'm, I'm, Michael Clayton. Yeah, I mean, 07 was like a big mm-hmm. year. This, this is a good Venice right festival. Yeah. Like you know, there's there's some uh, there's some Romare movies. One of those like uh, like 90 year old Eric Romare movies. Uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenneth Branagh had Sleuth there. That was you know whatever mm-hmm. that one. Uh, but, but that's like it wins that award John and then Wynn has no awards traction after that. No. It gets on for best. I think she, at the Globes. I believe she got an Indie Spirit nomination. I think both of them got Spirit nominations for lead. Yeah. Uh, it got a BAFTA foreign film and a Golden Globe foreign film nomination. And uh, yeah, they, they, they both got, yeah. and there's some cinematography to, it's very pretty. Yeah. Yeah, it's really. But, but it's, it's kind really of an odd duck forgotten movie in his filmography. Yeah. And yeah. it also now feels like you wonder if he would ever do something like this again. Now that he's on such a technological, yeah, kick. I wonder. That's a good point. I wonder mm. if because it does feel like you know there are periods that he'll just dip back into like I'm going to make a, a Chinese language movie again. Yeah, and then this is the last one. This last time he did that. So will he do it again? Well, here's a question for you, Chris. Mm-hmm. You you've made you have a very eclectic filmography. Uh, that's how I, I like to be. That's why I like filmmakers like Ang Lee. They're they're all rounders. Well, 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 this is my sure. question because we we love that about him. With you, do you feel like that's a strategic thing of, I want to mix it up. I like doing different types of things. Is it trying to constantly zag from whatever you did last? Yes, yeah. definitely. That, I think it might, have started, right. it, it might have started with doing American Pie and thinking like, well, uh, and getting offered every teen sex comedy. And you don't want to get stuck in and that. I don't want to, right. uh, yeah. Uh, but then just sort of thinking, it's so hard to make movies, right? It's at least a year out of your life mm-hmm. of really, really hard work. And I don't want to do the same thing twice. And uh, interestingly, strategically, it could be a bad decision because <laughs> people are become sort of known as auteurs for often for doing the same kind mm-hmm. of sure. movie. You expect a certain tone or genre yes. or whatever. So that you develop a, a, a brand and it's a different uh, thing to sort of bounce around. Like I, mean, I think Ang Lee do, does it. Uh, 
you guys are talking about Soderbergh, but he really puts a stamp yeah. on it somehow. Uh, Michael Winterbottom, you know, yes, these guys, people who are always like, oh, I'm going to do this crazy thing. But usually uh, I'll, I'll make a movie and then I'll be like, oh, that was really hard. I don't do that again. Uh, <laughs> so you're, you're zagging mostly just because you're like, oh, no, no, thank you. Like, yeah. what, what, what's that. this? Right. I haven't done this. So it's like whatever will get me to do it again is usually something quite different from what I've done before. Well, because you could have so easily after American Pie just cash out on that for 20 years. Just I think so. constantly be, be a guy who is getting all the big live action comedy scripts. Yeah. And being able to choose what you want to take on, develop whatever you wanted around whatever personality or. Yeah, but I think I'd want to die. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> you, you wouldn't feel <laughs> yeah, trapped I, in that sort of. I mean, I guess I, you, you could perhaps, if you looked at all the stuff I did, like critique me for trying to be the sad clown, you know, like where, where a, uh, a comedian is like, and when I, you know, I really want to do dramatic roles. And then it's like, oh, God, we got to put up with like sad Jim Carrey again. <laughs> no, but there's something. like, there's such a, a, a weird, and I say this in a good way, like, it's not just like, oh, please yeah. take me seriously. It's like, you did like two big like YA adaptations. That's right. true. You know, you did like drama Ds. You did drama. You did like, like to, comedy. I'd like to think that people are like, huh? Um, Which I the, like. And your new movie yeah. is like a thriller, right? This I is mean, right. Yeah. It is a. It, it is an assassination finale. attempt movie, kind of. Oh. Right? Uh, it is the the abduction of Adolf Eichmann, yeah. uh, uh, the organizer of the Final Solution by the Israelis in 1960. So it's a it's a spy thriller. And it's kind of and Eichmann was one of those like, like the functionary type, right? He yeah. wasn't like the grandly evil one. He was the one who's like, I'll just you know make well, sure that, everything works perfectly that, to that's uh, the, eliminate like, all the Jews. That's the version that Hannah Arendt kind of sure put the, the, forward, right, the, which the is banality like, of evil. And right. it was an argument that he sort of uh, put forward when he was put on trial. Right, he's one there, of the few. Right. There are also other takes on him which point out that he was actually kind of a careerist and ambitious and that at times he seemed to be an ideologue as well so it's a kind of a, an interesting character in as much as um it's sort of hard to understand whether he is sort of the embodiment of evil or just some guy who got swept up in it or a right. functionary or what yeah that movie conspiracy I like that movie, the HBO movie. Yes, that's, that's that was the one about movie. the Vanze conference, right? Yes, With Kenneth Branagh and yeah, Tucci Stanley Tucci, the Tucci, oh, right. touch of the Tucci. It's as, more uh, than a touch. It's yeah. quite. It's the Susan of the yeah. Tucci. Yeah, um, and uh, he's he plays him basically as that the sort of like softly spoken kind of yes, he's guy very who's adjusting he's a very all the cutlery, kind of guy. right, right, he's like right. Mid level exec, but he has this moment where he talks. I've seen that movie a weird amount of times. I'm really obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's a Frank Pearson movie. It was a TV movie. Uh, it's a great movie. Um, it is really good. Where he talks to someone where he's like about like how he's learned Hebrew and he'll talk to rabbis and like, you know, hey, he likes to understand the mind of the Jew like in ways that the others <laughs> yes. are just like, aren't they just awful? Like, uh, not just supposed to hate them? Well, that's so, sort of like yeah. the, the kind of the stuff that uh, Tarantino was playing on in um, with Christoph right. Waltz's right. sort of great right. monologue at the beginning of like how to, how to think like them. Right. But that's like this stuff in like in less caution in like when you look at like Nazi Germany, when you look at like today, where you go like, where's the dividing line between these people who are like, right. I got a thing I got to make happen. And these people who are like, it's a living. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, and like both yeah. are evil in terms of what you're the saying final that the output Flintstones is. is about collaborators. <laughs> well, it is a hundred percent. I mean, they do have yeah. like a chattel system with all these poor animals yeah. who have to like do their dishes or whatever and right. live as as the they fucking garbage disposal oh my god the yeah, they eat them. so weird that sounds so fucked um, if someone came to you and said we're bringing back the back back the flintstones yeah would you would you be like 
Yeah, I, mean, I, can, I can I can do this. Like, uh, do you feel like you'd have a take? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't I know mean, if there can be a take on I the suppose, Flintstones. Uh, I just feel like that is the supreme Hollywood '90s blank check movie where they're yeah. like sets, costumes, <sighs> like blow this out. Like this should be an yeah. epic. Make a cartoon real. Um, it's not good. I, I was very disturbed. I never saw it, but I was very disturbed by the trailer in which John Goodman. He says, like, I got a flat, and he holds up his foot, and his foot has this long gash in it. It upset me so much because I like, it looked incredibly painful, and so there should be blood sort of streaming from You've it. been avoiding the movie since then. Like I can't Lust do with Caution, it. they want you to reckon with. Well, like, also, Lust Caution, I, uh, apart from the, the, the rape, also this tearing of that really nice dress bothered oh, me because I was sure. like oh fuck that was like a really really like carefully tailored dress Again, and also like feels, how is she gonna get home it feels very intentional right where he's yeah, like yeah. all the finery of this like yeah. you know yeah. all the way you've been dressed up and everyone's so classy and those mahjong scenes are so yeah. like oh yeah you know and then he's just like ripping it apart also yeah. David you've talked about a lot how much you hate when people Food. don't eat meals yeah. that were prepared in movies uh, I feel I that way about, about clothes getting sure, ripped right. yeah. Yeah. I do every time it happens even when it's like a fully consensual sexy fun time let's sure. rip each other's clothes off thing I'm like they paid for that so I'm like, like somebody's that. got I'm like that with cigarettes where one. like someone doesn't smoke like the whole thing I'm like come on it's a waste it's a waste if yeah. they throw it down after two, two puffs. puffs I'm like get out of here you don't really smoke <laughs> well, let's caution can we play the box office game yeah sure yeah you guys excited pumped I'm always uh, astonished at the the ability that you guys have. Stupid this is brand. a weird one. Any September box office game is usually going to be weird. Okay, so this is a period of time I think it, it might be very burned into my mind because this is me starting in my one semester of film school. Oh, wow. Sure. Uh, September 28th, 2007. September you 2007. Just, like flew to California. Yeah. This is my I'm, first I'm couple weeks well, in film school. This? I'm looking Please. at Box Office Mojo. Or uh, do you want to play? I've, I've never heard somebody to, like gazump you and, and get in before if you If you want to try. I oh, yeah, yeah, you can it. jump yeah. in. I'm trying yeah, to figure course. out what will be more fun for me, whether to get it up on IMDb or to, uh, I guess it would be, it'd be Box Office Mojo. Yeah. Anyway. You got to go with the Mojo. No, no, no I'm going to try. I'm okay. Try. I'm I'll, try I'll to, say my, to, my to thing is I remember these movies very vividly because this was the first time in my life, having grown up in New York, that I didn't have movie-going autonomy. If you remember any of these movies vividly, I tip my cap to you. One of them is What I'm good. saying no, to you is, I think I do because I was living in California now. I didn't have a driver's license. If I mm. wanted to see a movie, I had to talk someone into seeing it. Oh, so right, because you needed so a lift to aware the, of what yeah. to see. And there were times where I saw movies I didn't want to see because I was like, I need to see something. Something needs to move. The guy with a car would rather see this than that. Uh, so let's let's test it. All right, so number one opening this weekend, uh-huh. making $22.9 million. Okay. Uh, just to be clear, uh, Lost Caution opened at uh, number 49 in <laughs> one theater. Okay. Uh, though it had a great per-screen average, oh. 63,000. Wow. Uh, very good per-screen average. Um, I assume that was the Angelica or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? That's gigantic. Like, that's, that's like every cult. suit. I mean, yeah. it was Ang Lee, baby. Yeah. It's yeah, Brokeback it follow-up, you know. Yeah. Um, this is a sports comedy. The game plan? <laughs> I had more. Wow. <laughs> Do you remember what this movie is? Because I no, did not. It sounds like a movie. It's the, the game plan, but I have no idea what that is. Has a daughter, right? That's correct. And he's he, a what if an athlete had a child that, <laughs> that he had was, to raise? That was people couldn't get over it. And she like likes ballet. Yeah. Why doesn't she like football? The only thing he does. Oh, this that's was interesting like because the, football is different from ballet. Very different. <laughs> now, very now, different. This, that's that. This is the boardroom picture. It's like football. Like the slide. Right. There's a, just a picture of a football. Right, and then they click ballet, and people go, "Wait, wait, wait! What happened in the last movie? These are two different pitches." 
football and ballet can't be in the same film. I just remember the poster I've read is him, the, the, the daughter is in her ballet outfit yeah. and she started and he's looking like, a, but he also has like a bulldog under his arm. Correct. And so they're like, and you don't, there's going to be a bulldog too. Yeah, like it's, that's, Yeah, right. Like that's, get ready. That's the way. We're in a tiara? It is. hundred yeah, percent. But dogs right, don't do that. Because she put a tiara on a bulldog. Who does that? This is a Disney movie. <laughs> the like, the Disney know. live action family comedies that era all needed an animal. Like the pacifier, they weirdly spotlighted a duck in all the advertising. The mm-hmm. poster for the pacifier is like Vin Diesel with like ammo and the baby. Oh yeah, and that's the right. Duck. That's right. They're, maybe like, they're like they're testing. It's like I don't, I don't, we don't know what to do. Yeah. The only thing it tests well is this duck. Like, right. More duck. <laughs> but um, that's their thing. They like get an action star, put them with kids, throw in an animal. There's like in in the in the uh, Angry Birds trailer for some reason this joke must have tested well. But one of the characters saying, "Oh my god," and like <laughs> they did that like ten times in the trailer. It's like, uh, you have kids. Do you see a lot of kids' movies? Like, do they? Uh, actually, no, because we're kind of Amish about that. We're like, sure. we, really? we don't let them see much. But I, I, sadly, I did watch. I'm sorry. I, some, I'm sure somebody I know worked on it, but The Angry Birds. I, I did I watch on it. And it. I, checked, I directed The Angry Birds. <laughs> I'm really sorry. It's fine. I checked my email, uh, basically. Yeah. I caught up on yeah. my email sure. throughout the entire Angry Birds. I would, the Angry Birds is, is actually like just about how immigration is bad, I think. Because <laughs> yes. It's yes. like, there's a, oh, these it's green the, pigs don't trust them. The pigs are oh, bad, no. right? And they've arrived. Yeah. yeah I, I heard someone, Emily Ashina was talking about this. Here. Yeah. Now, David. I gotta be honest, and it's with great shame I admit this this podcast does not pass the Bechdel test. No, no, it never really has. Probably never really will. Uh, well, 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 maybe on an upcoming episode. Oh, actually, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, but but you know, it is like it, it, this. Uh, you know, we're a couple boys talking about movies, right? Which who fucking gives a shit? We're coming from this male perspective. We're mansplaining these things to you. You know. Sure. And, uh, you know, sometimes we overlook the sort of quiet sexism, the way the patriarchy is forced upon us in the media, right? Okay. Not so for this podcast. It's called the Bechdel cast. It's a great podcast. It's Jamie Loftus, than ours. Caitlin Durante. Yeah, I mean, much significantly better in every sense. Yes. It's, it's, it's like healthier. It's, it's a, smarter. A, it's funnier. One of the, the great movie podcasts out there. Yes. And by every measure, better than blank check. Yeah. And they they bring on a special guest yep. to examine a popular movie and discuss its representation of women through a feminist lens. Sure. They they determine if a movie passes the Bechdel test, which is a famous uh, test designed by Alison Bechdel. It requires two named female characters mm-hmm. to speak to each other about something other than a man. Of course, many movies do not pass this test. Yeah. It's a joke she wrote in a comic strip about the bare minimum. And unfortunately, still become, 20 years later, most movies do not pass. Yes, of intersectional theory. Uh, this podcast it aims to call attention to Hollywood's long history of under and misrepresented women and to encourage listeners to be more critical of the media that they consume. But it's like funny and they tell right. jokes and Jamie and Caitlin are really funny. And so we're talking about some of the biggest movies of all time. You know, that's not the only lens they're viewing. Them, Star but, Wars. But maybe Black Panther. Frozen. Frozen. Jurassic Park. Twilight. Beetlejuice. Die Hard. Beetlejuice. Pulp Fiction. Beetlejuice. Oh, no. <laughs> He's here. Love Actually. <laughs> Clueless. Alien. Titanic. Transformers. M- many more. Uh, so they got new episodes every Thursday. You can listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Bechdelcast. Right. It's great. Listen to them and stop Better listening to us. Objectively. Yeah. 
Can you tell me someone else who's in the game plan? <sighs> Fuck. I really, my cap is off. There has to be like. I mean, tell tell me who directed it. I've never heard of him. Andy Flickman? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Director of Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Because I know he also did the the Escape to Witch Mountain or Race to Witch That's Mountain. Right. He did it's the Witch Race Mountain. Race to Witch Mountain. Yes. Right. He, and, he was like an he early. He was one of the Rock's guys. Yeah. Rock guy. I think that was the first movie where he wasn't credited as The Rock, where it was just Dwayne Johnson Dwayne on the poster. The Rock. Oh, Johnson. it was Dwayne the Rock. Okay. Um. Uh. Well, that movie probably has someone who was on a sitcom at that time, an adult, and it probably has one weirdly overqualified actor to play like the head of the team or something like that. Kind of. John Gilgood. <laughs> right. It must have a like. Uh. Yeah. No. It doesn't have like Janet McTeer or whatever you're thinking. You no. Know, Kira Sedgwick is in it. Oh, the closer. Uh, the closer herself, yeah. uh, Morris Chestnut. I'm guessing he okay. possibly plays another player or maybe Mo a coach. Or I, used, I used to play basketball with him. Uh, very, oh, really? Very good guy. Is he very a nice guy? guy. Great three point shot as well. Mm. Clutch he's shooter. Incredibly handsome. He's one of the best. <laughs> he's very handsome. And also. he's one of those guys where you're like, oh, he's 50. Like, yeah. you, you yeah. could have told me he's Fuck 28. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, like he is. He is incredibly handsome. Uh, all right, number two. Okay. And this is, you see, this is your film school year. This is the film yeah. I'm doing. This is the year I'm doing Red Carpet. Okay. Uh, for People Magazine, and I, I did attend uh, the Golden Compass's world you, premiere, you as me. I told you. Marsley. I guess I ducked you. You might have dodged yeah. him. No, no, not him. Not him. I went not to the right. after party, too. It was like in, in like the Docklands, and it was like so lavish. I remember oh, we were like yeah. driven out on a bus. Okay, wait. I'm sorry. Hold on. That. I'm sorry, Chris. Hold on one second. This is uncomfortable. David. No, the bits were tired. I know. Oh, that's what I'm telling you. Why? That's yeah. what I'm telling you. you. What were you doing there? You can't bring it up. The bits were tired. Wait, I'm not allowed to talk about my life? No, we agree that we retired the bit that you're from England. Do you see the jersey? <laughs> the jersey's up there. We've retired the, the bit that you're from London. <laughs> so I'm not allowed. So you're you're alleging that I was just pretending the whole time like that it was my bit? I'm saying it was a bit and everything that was contained within the bit has now been retired. No, so there no, in the outrageous. MVP, yeah. two championships. Right. Yeah. Number <laughs> number 2 at the box office okay. is a film I attended the red carpet for. I believe I've talked about it on this podcast. Um, it is, it's an action movie. The Kingdom. Because he told the story about Jamie Foxx in the SUV. He drove his SUV into the theater. He drove it up the red oh, yeah, carpet. He said, uh, the Kingdom, see it. That <laughs> is what off. he said. That's what he, and they backed up the red. I've never seen anything like it. I yep. was, I was truly astonished. But then Jennifer Garner told me that she would never allow Violet to act in a movie. Oh, wow. And I wrote that up and it was like the biggest story people had that week. And like, I really? got like a call from someone being wow. like, great, great job on that story. And I was like, what? <laughs> Just like one quote. Wow. Uh, well, yeah. Because uh, yeah. moms. moms. Yeah. Moms, we, moms like moms. I mean, it was one of those things where I was like, and how's Violet? And she's like, great. And someone else, I don't know. Maybe I was like, you know, do you think she'd be in a movie? She's like, no, we put the kibosh on that. And I came home and my editor was like, what'd you get? And I was like, hmm? and he was like, write it up. Stop the presses. Yeah. <laughs> and you got a runner who oh, ran your yeah. red carpet reporting she, is. She always had She's her, very nice to be clear. Oh, she had her kids on set with her uh, during draft day. Sure. Really fucking good mom. Hey. Like she was like constantly momming in between takes. I can buy that. Which, which like A is impressive because we we're talking about how weird acting is. That she'd like do a take and then go like, how are you guys doing? Yeah. Like jump right back into it. I met her when she... We were shooting something in Hawaii, and she was working with a friend of mine on uh, Pearl Harbor. Can that be right? Yeah, yeah she's, she's in Pearl, Pearl Harbor. Harbor. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was really cool. Really, yeah. really nice. Um, that's that's uh, Young Garner, too, I feel like. That's pre-alias, or maybe, no, yes, maybe it's during concurrence? Alias. I can't remember. Yeah. All right, number three mm -hmm. is a sequel 
It's not a, a squeakquel. No, in okay. a long-running franchise. Let me. I actually have to find out which edition it even is. Is it a saw picture? No, it's not a saw. Those were firm October releases. Right, 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 right. Uh, it is the th- third. It's the third. I think it's a great movie. Uh, in a oh oh okay. Yeah. So well, you've given me the hint, which is that it doesn't have a number. No, no, you weren't number. sure which one it was because of the subtitle. No, it's a colon. Is it Resident Evil Extinction <gasps> Apocalypse? How do you do it? No, no it, well, you I was right the first time. You had it. You had it. There's like, I, there's no point in my even trying to do. This. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Start raising sorry. this. Uh, wait, uh, how are you getting this so that I can follow? Box along? Office Mojo. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Resident Evil Extinction, which is kind of the first good Resident Evil movie. Mm-hmm. The first one's okay. Yeah, but is the CGI is like kind of not great and. I'm like a big fan of these movies, uh, to be That's clear. That's the one that has a bus driver named Otto. Yes. Right? Yeah. Ben, you like it? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, you recommended it to me, uh, and it's on my list. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yes, right. I'm really into video games. Movies. Yeah. Ben's, oh, oh that's, that's right. No, I know that about you. <laughs> you like, and you uh, like um, Assassin's Creed. Not more Assassin's movies. Creed. You like wet He likes wet, wet fli- slick like, flicks. He likes the slick flick. Uh, that's why you subscribe to wet flicks, the Netflix for wet movies. <laughs> the moister, the better. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Comedy points. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. What if hey. the, the, the subcategories are like damp, drenched, <laughs> like films with a soggy protagonist? Uh, all right. Um, so, Extinction. Extinction is kind of the first good one. Right. Because uh, the second one's a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, Extinction is, is where they kind of figure out what the formula of these movies are, and it's doing what like Mad Max Fury Road does 10 years later, and no one gives a credit for it. Interesting. Uh, great movie. Uh, number four is a comedy starring like a real hot comedy person of the like moment. Oh, so it was like a brief moment. Pretty brief. Okay, so I'm going to guess it was a Dane Cook movie. Correct. <laughs> But which Dane Cook movie? And I'm going to tell you the embarrassing reason I know this. Was it Good Luck Chuck? It was Good Luck Chuck. I was, which I think is really the tale. Because uh, I think Employee of the Month did okay, right? Like, is we, it, we go lower from there because we haven't even gotten to my best friend's girl yet. Yeah. I right. think that follows Good Luck Chuck, right? Well, let's look at his filmography. Uh, yeah, you got uh, Good Luck Chuck in uh, 2007. Employee of the Month was the year before. Uh, before. My best friend's girl is 2008. Right. Because Good Luck Chuck. And that's it. And my best friend's girl have almost identical premises. Oh, really? Good Luck Chuck is. Is it Good Luck Chuck that he has bad luck? Good Luck Chuck is that. After. Okay. Once you break up with him, after you slept with him, you then meet the love of your life. Exactly. Okay. If you sleep with him, you will find your soulmate. Oh, that's right. Right, right, right. My best friend's girl That's is kind of a good premise. Like you could go do a movie. Is that I haven't seen it. Is is that a magical fact or is it a tendency that people are noticing? I think a, it's a in tendency. The world of the movie? I think they don't make it magical. And it had I like they don't commit. It really enough. doubled down on uh, what's his name Dan, Dan Fogler. So uh, I was gonna say I remember uh, this because yeah, I had uh, I had the Good Luck Chuck character poster for Jessica Alba. I was a, in a big Jessica Alba phase at the That's time. That's mm-hmm. truly one of the most distressing things. It's you've one ever of said the on most embarrassing podcast. things I've ever said. With the ice cream. That cone. was on my wall in my college dorm room. That was we, on your wall. That was on my wall. No, keep it in and double it. I want. I want to be open. How I want to be you candid. Want? I want to own framed? my mistakes. Was it a it was push frame situation? It was, or I'll tell you what I did. Pack? No, I thought this was kind of clever. Oh I got grip tape. Mm-hmm. I got red grip tape and I made little X's on the corners and I thought it looked nice and it yeah. didn't hold very well no. with my concrete or cement walls. Also had that very mm. weird poster that was a ripoff of the, yes. the, the, the John Lennon Yoko Ono That's picture. Terrible. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, very strange marketing campaign. Not uh, a hit. The album poster—it's her holding an ice cream cone, and the ice cream is dripping down her hand. And then the tagline is, "There's something about Jessica." Come on. Yep. Which, but you know God. what? Actually, when when uh, when American Pie came out, the, I think the poster said, "There's something about your first piece." I hated everything about that. That's that's it's the both yeah. its wow. derivativeness yeah. and the. I mean, I hate to say weird. this, but it's, it's it's very but it is it is a good tagline. Like in terms of not a good tagline. In terms like of its I, effectiveness, exactly. Yeah. Like, it oh, does kind of wedge like in your brain. Yeah. Wasn't American Pie one of those movies that had like a million titles though? Right, like like they they it sort was, of cycled through. Yeah, it was at first called something like teen sex comedy that can be made for under right. whatever. I've, I've read that legend that again, you will hate. That you will but hate, but everyone loves or love. Right. Yeah. And then it was called East Grand Rapids High. Great title. <laughs> no, not East Grand Rapids. Sorry, East Great Falls High. Sure. Yeah, which sh- it should have been, frankly. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's oh, your, and then, then the studio at one point tried to sell us on comfort food. That's weird. Yeah, that's terrible. Like, you just described two scenarios in which your career possibly yeah, goes nowhere. I know, like my life should have flashed before <laughs> yes. my eyes. Yeah. I don't know. American Pie, there's something about your first piece. Uh, just for, wow. for contrast, uh, my best friend's girl is uh, Academy Award nominee Kate Hudson dumps Jason Biggs. Mm-hmm. So Jason Biggs hires Dane Cook to pretend to be a shitty guy to by drive contrast, her to break her heart, right? Yeah, right. But right, that's right. a great idea. I mean, just not for a movie, but no. for life. But it is weird that there are two movies in a row that were Dane Cook being the worst guy who can make people end up with the people they should be right. with, but then he ends up falling for the people. So, in Good Luck Chuck, does he like falls for Jessica, falls for Alba. Jessica Alba? And does he like not want to sleep with her? Is that the gimmick? I think he that's goes, the bit. Uh, he goes into forty days, forty nights. Type I think situation. it's that sort of uh, bit. And yeah. then I think in my best friend's girl, it's like a Mrs. Doubtfire thing where he gets so into this persona of the asshole, but yeah, but still right. somehow, yeah, that's kind of like a triple a reverse ta- the tall alien pretending right. to be an asshole. <laughs> yes. Also, Alec Baldwin's in it. Fair enough. That yeah. was in the that's in the Baldwin comeback phase where Correct. Thirty Rock is is just, just high, high, yeah, yeah exactly the Baldwin Uh Baldwin <laughs> Uh Number five is a, a great movie, a real throwback. I'm giving you nothing because you're getting them all anyway. I told you this yeah. this period was burning my brain. It's a remake. It's a remake. It's a throwback. A remake of a great movie, but I think this is a good movie. Is it? 310 to Yuma? It is the only James Mangold movie that is not a secret Western. It's just a Western. Oh, he's out in the <laughs> open about it. Right. Oh. Uh, yeah, good movie. Russell Crowe, Christian Bale, Peter Fonda. Yeah. Luke uh, Wilson, weirdly, is in that. Yes, Luke Wilson. That? One of the early Ben Foster is crazy movies. Yeah, Ben Foster. Mm. Where he like, walks on screen and you're like, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want ben, extra sour cream yeah, on ben, this Ben Foster with a barrel of paprika. Yeah, Foster <laughs> Supreme. <laughs> uh, what, you know, one of the, because like I was going to say in Hostiles, I think I brought this up. When, uh-huh. he's, when he appears on screen, it's because that they're like, could you take this prisoner to the next town and then it's Ben Foster and you just go like, no, don't, not, don't, do not, not accept his next 15 minutes <laughs> return to sender. He's only trouble. Do you guys oh, remember so in uh, Cold Mountain where sure. they, they, they demonstrate that a character is loco by having him jump backwards off a fence or <laughs> something? Charlie Hunnam, the albino. Char- was that Charlie yes, Hunnam? Oh, yes. Okay. That's another yeah. example of a character who's extra where they're like, how do we show that he's crazy? Well, he does everything <laughs> backwards and also uh, he's albino. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a weird yeah. one. Uh, some other. We got the brave one, the sort of- uh, Oh, the uh, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster death wish. Revenge, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Woodcock, which I think you've invoked on this podcast multiple times. Probably, yeah, uh, that's with a Billy good Bob reference. Uh-huh. Uh, directed by Craig Gillespie. 
Yeah, who made yeah. I Tanya that last and year. And wasn't uh, the Brave one directed by Philip Noyce? That sounds plausible. He's one of the no. It's Neil Jordan. Even Weird. more, he's a stealth blank check. Neil Jordan, because you know yeah. things. I mean, obviously, like Interview with the Vampire, but also he got to make his like Tony Irish Independence like movie right. off of the Crying Game and like. In right. Dreams is a weird one. The end of the affair is a classic thrusting situation. <laughs> thrusts. Where the NPA was like, we'll have this many thrusts, right? Were you guys surprised in the crying game? I remember the first... The, the, I think I knew the twist. The I moment see. that... Sure. Um, she... What, uh, what, Jay what Davidson? Jay Davidson yeah. came on screen. I was like, oh, you were, that's a guy. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Where, had you, did you see it in theaters? Like, yes. And, and it was like, oh, see, but actually, what I did, did know was like, don't tell anybody the twist. twist. Right, yes. So I feel like I was, Miramax like, I was, really pushed that. I was twist spotting, for sure. Yes, you were yeah. twist spotting. Um, yeah, no, when you watch it uh, now, it's actually a fascinating movie. It's a great movie. Um, yeah, see, I saw it but knowing the twist. But you more this movie about, like, queer romance. Right. Like, and it feels that way very early on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jay Davidson's really good in that, and Stargate, and then is not in any other movie. Yeah, done, yeah. right? Two and out. Crazy. Uh, also, Eastern Promises, great movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of a stealth moneymaker. Uh, across the Universe, that's a real blank check movie. We ever do Tamor. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird one. Uh, yeah. This is like, that's like a very kind of like auteur-driven September box office. Yeah, because like. also opening limited is the Darjeeling limited. Yeah. Opening mm-hmm. the Darjeeling limited. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, this, so this was a weekend before it went Darjeeling wide. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, half a point. Uh, half a point. Take him ten. Ten comedy points. Fine. Um, there you go. September. I love yeah. September box office games. So you you have no your film's coming out and your August. film August will have 29. just come out. This will be almost concurrent. Yes, this is coming out the Monday after your movie comes out. Oh, that's exciting. I know. Yeah. So I didn't. You know. I, you know what? I I told myself I wasn't going to plug. I'm, I'm not. I'm not here to plug. You're here to plug. You're not plugging. Well, you have but a that movie. having it's been said. It's very exciting that's coming out want, the Monday. Want that the sneak film in you worked year? with the great uh, Isaac. Uh, Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Uh, Sir Ben Isaac. Kingsley. Yeah, you worked with Ben Kingsley. Does Ben Kingsley feel weird about having played like multiple like sort of uh, villain? Like he's playing a Nazi here. He's played yeah. like resistors of Nazis in past the movies. Mandarin. He has played all. He sides. did play the Mandarin. The, the Mandarin, of course. Right. Great we did talk about that. Did a lot you? Going did you really? It. No. Oh, damn no. it! <laughs> I wanted you I to sit I, down I, with him, and he's like, you know, my favorite thing is, uh, <laughs> I ever did. I really like that performance. It's oh, a great performance. So he was the uh, toast of Croydon. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, who else? Who else? We got. We got your Nick Krolls. Nick, yeah, Nick Kroll's in it. Nick Kroll, who feels very, I feel like he wants to do serious. He's in that phase of his career where he's like, I want to do For some sure, serious stuff. Where he he knows he can, and and uh, he's sort of got the uh, the window. Uh, Joe Alwyn of Joe Billy Lynn. Lynn. Billy Lynn fame, yeah. 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 She talked to Billy Lynn. Lynn. That must have been a crazy experience. Uh, we didn't talk about Billy Lynn. Because I'm very jealous of the work of other uh, Fair enough. You don't want, want to talk right. about other. Uh, Haley movies. Lou Richardson, who I feel like is like the she's like so amazing brightest talent yeah. right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. great. Well, she was in a, a movie that I produced. Columbus, uh, right? You Columbus. produced Columbus. Right. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, which weirdly was a, a movie that for me came about because of Twitter. So there are some good things that come from Twitter, which is that Koganata's uh, uh, yeah, like, uh, video I, essays. And I stuff. tweeted at Koganata, and then we sort of got into uh, an email relationship, and then it turned out he wanted to make a movie. Chris, I don't know if you know, but Ben has a pitch he's been throwing around Hollywood. It's I got like a few of them. It's like a prequel to the I got Hangover. A new one. No, no, I got a new one. 
Well, you got a new one? Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. So we have this thing on the show where we have pointed out that especially action movies, Mm -hmm. the screenwriter will just have them do some kind of thing. It doesn't drive the plot along. It's just like their thing. Shows that they're buddies or they, they got it. Well, like they the example thing. we use is we call it the blender. So in the uh, Will Smith movie. Anatomy of the State, he keeps on talking about his blender. And it like, right. it's like Set a character up, right. quirk that's just to give them a little color, but it doesn't actually factor into the story right. at all. They're yeah. a real person. Okay. Yeah. Ish. So the movie's called Night Eggs. <laughs> okay. Wait, what is this? <laughs> I already like that. I, I do just on the title. Oh, God. Yeah. Great. So it's sort of like um, in the tradition of Die Hard mm-hmm. type action movie, right? Mm-hmm. Blue collar guy or just mm-hmm. like regular guy. He's not like I like it. It's not like um, Keanu's like franchise where he's like the, John Wick. He's, he's like a Ben Hosley type. Good, good call. And <laughs> so yeah. he um, is just he's gonna have some kind of like three day sort of situation. It's like you know what I mean. Very contained. Terrorist, whatever. Mm-hmm. Y- you get it. Mm-hmm. The reason it's called night eggs mm-hmm. is he likes to have breakfast at night. And so there's all these yeah. seeds yeah. where he's monologuing and he has like. He's, he's making eggs. He's making eggs. I like it. And that's, they call him night eggs. Like it's kind of his nickname because everyone knows he <laughs> likes, <laughs> likes to have breakfast at night. Does he wake up in order to eat in the middle of the night? Or does before he goes to bed, he, he makes eggs? He keeps late hours. Yeah. Okay. So his, okay. He's got, okay. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like, but when he, it's, when it's like nighttime and it's dinner time. Is it, is it, okay. Does he discover the plot? Does the plot get set in motion because he's making eggs at night? Like out of his rear kitchen window thing? Right. Because there's like the diehard thing where like, oh, the reason he's in the building is because it's his wife's Christmas party. There right. has to be something where like he's awake at a time that no one else is. Mm-hmm. Because that's his breakfast hour. All right, and he sees a murder. Right, yeah. <gasps> yeah. It's like rear window, but night eggs. Uh-huh. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah That's yeah. good. Sure. All right, I think we're cooking with something here. Do you find out later that the reason he cooks eggs at night is because his father, who was a night watchman, <laughs> wanted the only way he could really show his love was to give him some of the eggs that he made when he got home from work. It's called a Hollywood note right there. That's, that's a really yeah. good note. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, so how about thank this? Thank you. I'll be an executive producer. And, I'll, uh, I'm going to be taking 10%. You, taking Chris, I'll write, a, I'll write a treatment. Who needs it? Uh, <laughs> just, 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 just go straight to script. Shoot Where's the draft. big check? Get the big check. Where's the green button? The green button. Where is it? Does it come out of the ceiling? All right. So I'll write the screenplay and uh, I'll send it along. What do you okay. think? Like how many pages? For the treatment? No, no. For the screenplay. Oh, for the screenplay? Uh, well, we probably should end about two hours, fifteen, two hours, and two and a half hours. That's what you're thinking, yeah. time wise. This thing's getting then people know that yeah. it matters. It's an important movie. Yeah. All right. Oh boy. I mean, the this Oscar could be a great. This could eggs. be a great cooking movie. A great food movie. <laughs> That's true. I love a good food movie. He's we always going to finish um, his breakfast, right? Uh, who's going to sing? I, there should have be the song called Night Eggs. Oh, for sure. Uh, but we should bring somebody back to do that. Right. Um, Tina Turner. Yeah. Tina. Good. Perfect. Do you know what I miss? I miss it when movie theme songs used to have their own titles, but then parentheses, the theme from Night Eggs. Theme from Night Eggs. Theme from Arthur. Yeah. Uh, Nobody did it better. Right. uh, Parentheses in songs, finishing a thought is pretty great too. (laughs) Right. I would do anything for love. Parentheses. But I won't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Before we wrap, um, well, thank and, you for that. Oh, uh, yeah, no, thank, thank you. you. Thank I'm you. expecting uh, great things of uh, Nightex. Oh, I mean, me too. Griffin. Yes. Gendy Tartakovsky has signed on with Sony Pictures Animation to direct two 
features. What did this just come out yes. while we recorded? Yes. Okay. Uh, an R-rated comedy called Fixed. No idea what that is. It'll never happen. And Black Knight, an epic action adventure in the vein of Samurai Jack, which he has written. Interesting. Yeah. There now, was a movie called Black Knight. That's true. And, I mean, it's unimpeachable. I mean, you, you couldn't you couldn't that beat worked, that one. So yeah. Right. Yeah. That, do that it again with the same name. It's an animated <laughs> remake. Mean about it, huh? <laughs> right. Um, well, look. I mean, it's, this is the same thing that happened after uh, Hotel Transylvania Two, where they that's announced what I'm two saying. projects like, and they both they've announced. Yeah. He's on board. He's going to do his own movies with us, and we're excited. But who knows? Will it happen? I'll tell you the thing, because people on Reddit after our episode came out, or Hotel Transylvania mega episode came out, were saying, like, why won't someone let him make a 2D film? Sure. Like, if if Brad Bird couldn't cash in a check to get that done, Mm -hmm. like, who's going to get it done? I wish a guy like uh, Gendy Tartofsky would go to, like, Annapurna. Sure. Didn't you make uh, Isn't Operation Finale in Annapurna? It is Annapurna. Yeah. Yeah. See? I'm jamming Annapurna. Because like Annapurna made yeah, Sausage nice. Party, and that That's was true. because and every conventional animation studio was like, we can't do this. Sure, right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like rather than going to a place with an animation department, he needs to just find a financier. Well, he's signed on with Sony, so it's not happening. Uh, suck. Hmm. Uh, you had a good experience with Annapurna, though? Very good experience. They seem cool. Yeah. They have uh, a great lineup as well. They have like a lot of fun do. stuff. They do. They make coming. classy movies, I think, mm-hmm. like Sausage Party. <laughs> like, um... <laughs> uh, yeah, because they've got uh, like um, the Barry Jenkins movie uh, this year. Right. They have the mm-hmm. Adam McKay, Dick Cheney movie this year. They got a lot of. Did fun they make stuff. the Jonah Hill movie? Uh, no, that's a twenty. That's a twenty-four. Okay. Um, well, Operation Finale is uh, is playing in theaters now. At the time you're listening to this episode, you're not plugging it. It's not a thing you're plugging. I'm just mentioning that of my own volition. Sure, I appreciate yeah. that. I didn't even give you any hand signals or anything. Um, none you. at all. And also, you know, Ants is always available to rent on <laughs> streaming <laughs> platforms. Your it's first a very credit. good streaming script. Your, yeah. Was that your very first credit? Uh, it, it was, actually. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That was very lucky for us. Um, me and my brother. A, hey, we were very hard on it. It's a hell of a screenplay. Thank you. Very much. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This Come is back. really exciting. Yep. Yes. I will. All right. Tomorrow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Perfect. No, no, this is great. Uh, it's so much fun to, to do this. It's one of my favorite podcasts. We really uh, cannot believe that yeah. you hey. think that, but thank you for coming. Yeah. It is very weird every time. Uh, someone it, likes the show. Yeah. Anyone. Yep. <laughs> I had like one of those yesterday where I was talking to someone. He was like, oh, by the way, I've been listening. R- right. 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 It always feels a little bit like someone uh, has discovered my extramarital affair I'm having when someone tells me, like, you, yeah. I've been listening to the show. You're talking. Do you feel weirdly ashamed or do, I, does it make you lose respect for the person where you're like, oh, God. No, it doesn't make me lose respect. It makes it makes me feel ashamed. <laughs> it does. I'm like, do they know too much about me now? Sure. Uh, um, you know, oh, God, what have I said? You know, there's that. Sort I worry of about thing. that. Right? I'm like, fuck. What there was, I, yeah. I, I guess I was listening to sort of just to catch up. Uh-huh. Uh, you were talking about the uh, uh, was it Sam Gamgee's butthole? <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, he's got stinky like butthole. Like, right. Oh, right, that was a uh, an ad read. That was an ad read. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. whoever that was, <laughs> was were they thrilled about was that, that uh, yeah. Dollar Shave Club? I think they pulled oh, all their Dollar ads Shave Club. Yeah. Yeah. Dollar yeah. Shave Club. They we love you guys. Canceled the rest of the. No, we got paid money for, or rather, I I made money for saying that. Right. That's if you great. break it down, whatever amount of sense I made for saying the brown sure, yeah, eye of yeah. Sauron. Right, yeah. That's Probably a thing like I do. F- two bucks. Yeah. Um, no, my... Gr- <laughs> my 
<laughs> ben has an adding machine in front of himself, right? Uh, my grandma started like bragging to people about my podcast, like a point of pride, like, oh, my, my grandson, uh-huh. he's got a podcast. People say it's good. Yeah, like Ixnay on the ag bray. Well, then I was like, she was like, you have to give me an episode that I can listen to. And hey, I think she thought mm-hmm. I was going to like hand her like a, a 45 that she could like play. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, what episode won't have something that my grandmother will be terrified or confused by? Right. Um, I, I not th- this one. No, no. Some no. Spielberg episode. I think maybe? she listened to broadcast news. Maybe yeah, she also keeps complaining that she doesn't have any good photos of me. I'm sorry. I said I'm on a TV show. That's true. But Just, maybe she doesn't want you in a moth outfit. Well, they, uh, tough titties then. <laughs> tough titties. Uh, and on that note, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for being here, Chris. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Thanks to Andrew Gouda for our social media. Uh, Lay Montgomery for our theme song. Joe Bowen, Pat Rounds for our artwork. Go to blankies.red.com for some real nerdy shit. And as always, Nidex. Nidex, right. Yeah, coming soon. <laughs>